The Pope Stevenson Show. PopeStevenson.com. Episode 224. Monday, September 2nd, 2013. Pretend that we're like in the in the uh, like on a camp, <coughs> yeah, camping or something. It could be like a camping trip. <laughs> All right, we're toasting marshmallows. Yeah. Hope doesn't that wind up like the Hangover too. Why? What happened? Well, that was that? the plot. There was that he he poisoned the uh, the marshmallows. Out. What is that? Who is cares? Long legs. Oh, you injured it. I didn't want it to touch the recorder. Um. <laughs> It's like twitching on the ground now. Where, not, where is Look, it? it's like twitching. That's terrible. I don't see it. Where is that? I think that's right it here. over there. Oh, <laughs> that? It's not nice. You can't kill living creatures like that. I'm sorry. No! Put, put him out of his misery. Or at yeah, least. put it out of his misery. Oh, no, maybe it's all right. Stomp on I don't know. I think it was... Yeah, I think it's all right. fucked up. It's, I can't probably a couple broken legs, but he, he, he has a few extra... <laughs> I'm I'm more of a mammal person. Yeah. Than an insect. Well, did you hear that that's a new mammal? <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a new mammal. Are we on? Yeah, we're, we're on. on. Okay. We're always on. You heard about the new mammal? <laughs> no. The Olengito. They, what is that? The Smithsonian discovered a new mammal. They said this really happens because they. It's alive. Wait, why would or the Smithsonian discover? They're that? always looking for mammals, and uh, they said that for such a long time they found all of them. Right. Because they really can't hide anymore. Right. But they said in South America, there's this little, it's like re- related to the raccoon. It's like a two pounds. Like it's kind of small. Very like, small. Like a very yeah. small, almost like a, like a squirrel size um, raccoon. But it, it, it's kind of, I think the reason they haven't discovered it before is it's kind of uh, very boring. Everything that makes the, ra- <laughs> the like the raccoon has like like the little mask on, you know, the bandit mask around his eyes, ring tail. Right. The Olenguito has nothing. It's just like a generic little mammal. And it just sort of hides in the trees in Ecuador. And they finally found it. And the, the Smithsonian is making a big deal out of it. They're like, uh, you know, a, the first new mammal in such a long time. But then, but then they're like, oh yeah, well, uh, it was in a few zoos in America in the seventies. So like, how well, did you discover it? Then it's not discovered. <laughs> no, but, no, but I think that the zoos were mistaken. I think they thought it was something else, like a marmoset or something. You know, uh, the South American marmoset. I don't know. Wow. But that's why this. So this is a new mammal, the Olenguito. They'll it's, probably be. Yeah. They'll probably dig for gold and like kill them all off or something. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's, if, it, if it's endangered, but and they're like it's a carnivore, but it mostly just eats fruits and vegetables. So I don't. They, they, the Smithsonian is running out of ideas. They're, they're, they're making no sense these days. So it's an omnivore. That, but they said carnivore, but they're like right. it eats a lot of fruits mostly. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. This is the Smithsonian. They're you know, I don't know. They're not really making a lot of sense lately. Going on. What is that? The beginnings of a hornet's nest up there. What is that? It was, but I sprayed it, oh. so it shouldn't. Yeah. There's just a few of those they little stopped. cells in there. Yeah, yeah. they stopped. <laughs> so this is the Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com, episode 224. I am Rob, you are Greg. Yes. And we have special guest, longtime friend, <laughs> Frank Nora. Hello. Or Frank Edward Nora. Frank Nora. Frank, Frank, it could be either way. Frank, Frank Edward Nora is my, my current stage name. Okay. I always make things too complicated. I never. I should just keep things simple. And so one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast is, well, 
number one, you're our friend, and it's and and you're an interesting person, and and we have fun talking with you. But the other reason is because you have done one thousand podcasts. Almost, almost yes. you're coming up on one thousand podcasts. Yes. Uh, How does it feel? Well, I have to say that uh, you know, right now, I, I this past week, I, I just did episode nine ninety seven of the Overnightscape. That's my show, the Overnightscape at theovernightscape.com. and uh, yes, I just uh, nine ninety seven. I've been doing two a week, so everyone's been noticing that one thousand is coming up. So this week I'll do nine ninety eight, nine ninety nine, and then next week, so a week from Wednesday on the twenty eighth of August, twenty thirteen, I will do episode one thousand. Now, as usual, I I've overcomplicated everything a, a bit much because. Three and a half years ago, I already had episode fifteen hundred. What? So <laughs> Wait it's, a it's, it, it kind of um, it, it sort of mitigates the the thrill uh, of having a thousand. I already had episode fifteen hundred. But how? Well, basically, I, I ran into some uh, chaos back in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. That's when everyone was kind of pod fading, and everyone had sort of lost pod fading. Yes, all That's lost. Yes, all lost their direction in podcasting, as, as you may remember. Back in 2005, everyone thought podcasting was the next big thing. It was like this new gold rush. Everyone th- thought they were going to get rich quick. I know you did that on the show sometimes. That, in 2005, get rich quick was, was start a podcast. <laughs> a podcast. Yeah. It, believe me, it was like amazing. And I went to all those podcasting meetings. That's all these people talked about. I missed out on, on, on the dot-coms. I missed out on the blogging scene. Now I'm here on the ground floor podcasting. <laughs> Who made money blogging? Some people did, I think. A few people did. Uh. But so these people, they only knew that this was not the right thing to get involved if you want to make money. But uh, around that time, 2008, 2009, I was getting kind of disillusioned and trying out different things. And I I, I didn't want to keep recording at home. I was recording at home so much. I was spending all weekend recording. So I decided to start recording in in New York City instead. And I, I don't know why. I can't really remember why, but I changed the name of the show to The Rampler. Yes. And then I kind of stopped doing The Overnight Scape. And then I went on this real radio station, WFMU, and did the Rampler on there for one summer, summer of 2009. Mm. And I burnt myself out completely. I was at the end of my rope, and I kind of, like, shut everything down. Then I kept doing something called the Frank Nora Show. I, yeah, again, it's, like, so complicated. It makes it, like, it's, I should have just <laughs> kept doing the overnight skate. You're, you're like one of those, oh. those, like, bad comics who always get, like, crappy TV shows that don't last, like exactly. McDonald or something. Exactly. Oh. It was one of those things going on. So finally, in 2011, I, I came back to the Overnight Scape. Changing but the name. some point, like in 2010, I decided to combine the numbers of all the shows I had done. So I took the Overnight Scape, the Rampler, the Frank Norris show. Uh, yes, we're the, outside. You're outside. Oh, there's yeah. all sorts of light, there's all sorts of, uh, light forms here. out here. Sorry. So, yeah, and I think it, yeah, it was in, uh, in 2010. I said, I'm going to count up the, the number of Overnight Scape episodes, Rampler episodes, Frank Norris show episodes that I've done. And I'm going to add them all up, and it was 1,500. So I'm like, okay, the Frank Norris Show, number 1,500. And I did that up to about 1,680, I think. Yeah, wow. And then I went back to the Overnightscape numbering. Again, so unnecessarily complicated. That's why... So really, it, you're coming up on maybe 3,000. <laughs> Nobody knows. It, it, it's 2,000. It'll, it'll be 1,950 when I hit 1,000. See, I, nothing can ever be can ever be simple with me. It's, I'm so sorry. It's It's... That's why this. Well, you're is, a very yes. complex man. Yeah. You're I like know. one of those old British TV shows that people obsess about. Yeah. That, it, like, they can't like. There's no like good like numbering scheme, and, and it's like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And, it is. It is a lot like it's that. It's like but. a treasure hunt. Listen, twenty years from now. Yeah. When people discover your show online, like, oh my god, you got and it becomes this cult thing. It'll make the it'll make that treasure hunt more fun right i i would hope so i mean i've tried i have a whole pdf that i 
thousands of pages long, and it, it describes everything that happened, like all the shows and all the lists and things. And nice. It's very it's very complicated. <laughs> like the archaeology, like Frank Nora archaeology. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's even Rob is even in the early recording because <laughs> I've known Rob for a long time now. You know, I, uh, Rob yeah. knew me before the overnight scape. Well, I remember. I'll say this, and then we'll. Yeah. But I remember when, uh, you know, when I used to go over to Carrie's parents' house, we would have band practice. And I remember you would play recordings that you did even years before that. Yeah. This was 2000. And it was Bubel and A. Richardson with the, yeah. the Killer Cup. The Killer, the Attack of the Killer Cup. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I guess I've been interested in audio. I think I mean, about that. I remember when I was... Uh, when it was going to be my 10th birthday and I was going to get a tape recorder, I was just fantasizing about all these shows I would do on the tape recorder. This was back in 1977. So I guess somehow this radio thing is in my blood, you know? Well, yeah. we used Greg to... used to do Yeah, that. we used to, I the, used to do the, the same thing. Portable cassette. Recorder. I heard one thing you did on the, the, a recent episode uh, of the Punch Stevens show, uh, a commercial for a, a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> you know how I made that? Um, Low production oh, value. I had, my father had this old boom box, you know, one of those old silver, like, 1980s boom boxes. Yeah. And it had a record mode. And that's what we used to use. Like, me, my sister, my cousins, we would, like, get on there and, like, start yelling and screaming on the, you know, I still have all the tapes. I've never, I've never played those. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we used to do those. And, uh, we did that for a long time. And then, you remember Home Alone 2? I think so. When he yeah. had the, uh, the, the talk boy? Remember that, that he had that little handheld cassette player recorder, okay, okay. and he was recording people, and he would like play it back, and like he recorded the uncle yelling and screaming, and played it back, and stupid Tim Curry didn't think thought it was a real person, and right. anyway, the, very vaguely. Uh, the thing about the talk boy was it was this toy marketed to children. It's like you can record. You know, it's like well, what's the difference between that and just a regular? Portable cassette recorder was it had oh, it was cheap. It had a, a double speed feature and yes. a half speed feature. So you okay, could, you okay. could speed up your voice and whoa, slow whoa, it down. Whoa. Yeah, fool all your friends. So my sister got that and like she used it for a while, like at the the high speed, you know. And then I would use it, and um, I remember I actually have I have tapes of Rob and I doing like really horrible skits yeah. in high school where he's talking to me over his phone. So it's like real, it's really and back bad. Th yeah, so, and back then, even though I was, I was into humor, of course, but I was just a lot more shy, and especially with the recording. Like, now I'm all used yeah. to it, and we just talk, but back then it was just like, and, hey, I don't know yeah, what to he say, was, he was yeah. recording, what do I, I was say? Doing like, I was doing, like, Phil Rizzuto impersonations, and it was, it was really bad. Um, but, then a couple of years after that, one of our friends got a, a PC and he had <laughs> sound effects. And he had well, he had sound effects, but he had. <laughs> <laughs> and so we record. So he insisted that we go to his house and start recording stupid nonsense, and that we were going to call up. We I think we were seniors because we had this mass communications class in high school, and we hated the teacher, and she was a buffoon. So one of our other friends would call up the phone number for the, the you know, the, the television studio and would leave messages on there. And he wouldn't fake who it was. He would just, he'd say who it was, like screaming at her, cursing at her, making fun of her. He, he hated her. Wow. Um, so we were going to do the same thing, but we were going to do it on the fast speed. So she wouldn't be able to tell who it was or whatever. <laughs> so um, we made some of those. 
and our friend insisted on playing these stupid sound effects in the background. They were terrible. <laughs> but I would, it's not something I could play on the Punch Stevenson show because no one would know what we were talking about. Like, the context, it's all, like, people we knew in high school. I want to hear it. Well, uh, let me tell you something. I'll have to look them up. Yeah, really quick. This mass communications class that we had. um, So in our in in Belleville High School, we had a broadcasting TV station, which was really cool, right? It seemed like it'd be really cool. So I'm like, oh my god, we get to learn about TV and all this stuff. So I would go in, you know, into the room with all the equipment, like a rack of equipment and everything. I'm like, wow, what, what does that thing do? What does that piece do? Oh, I don't know. Like, well, what does that thing do? I don't know. Like, what do these buttons do? I don't know. I'm like, well, what? What the heck? So this was a teacher that didn't know. I, yeah, oh, she was oh. a buffoon. All she knew how to do was work the VCR. You know, they finally what several the heck? many several years after we left, they finally basically fired her because she couldn't prove anymore that she had any kind of accreditation <laughs> to, to to be teaching this. I think my sister-in-law, Carrie, who I think went to... The yeah. She had that class. I saw the videos of her in doing like the fake newscast and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That well, looked really fun. Yeah, well, this here's the thing, though. We didn't do that in our <laughs> class. We, well, our, our, for some reason, our class was insane. Everybody was insane. If you had, if you had like, the, the wherewithal to do that stuff, you could just go and do it. Like, if you wanted to yeah. show up after school and do it, like, you know, obviously she did or something. The problem was, like, if, if you didn't feel like doing that, I mean, it was, it was a waste. But, um, so yeah, one of the other things we used to do with the talk boy was one of our friends, the same one who had called up the, the studio phone screaming and yelling, he made the mistake of getting an answering machine. Hmm. And he had his own private phone number. You know what I'm talking about. A landline. What, yeah, yeah this whatever. Was, this was back when teenagers got their own So landline. around what year was this? I'm trying to think. 96. I'm like 95, 96. Okay, okay. <laughs> so he made the mistake of getting that. And we found out about it, and he had an answering machine on it, and we just, we were constantly making skits and playing it on his answering machine and, you know, whatever. Filling up his tape. Because <laughs> the answering machine, the, the, so for people who don't remember or were too young or whatever, people had Technology is changing machines. so fast, yeah. And they had an audio cassette tape inside this machine yeah. that would record everyone's message. And, and if it got filled up, that's it. It was filled up. No one else could leave a message. And do you, and do you remember uh, on WFMU, there was a guy named The Professor a long time ago, and he would go to thrift shops and uh, and uh, flea markets and stuff and garage sales and buy those answering machines and get the tapes and listen to what was oh. on them. Oh. So I actually... <laughs> that's weird. Cool. So I actually <laughs> copied his idea, and I went around and bought those... Whenever I saw an answering machine with a cassette in it, I would just buy the answering machine, throw away the answering machine, and keep the cassette. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I ever... I think I, I don't even think I listened to all those cassettes yet. I'm going to have to. <laughs> but now you're not going to find them anymore. They're all digital now. But anyway, go ahead. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, then, then in the late 1990s, the an- there were still answering machines, but they didn't use cassette tapes anymore. It used yeah. to, just a digital, yeah, it was like digital yeah. memory. Yeah. And I remember, because my family had the cassette tape answering machine, and it was fine. Yeah. But then I remember I, I upgraded, and I got the digital. I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. It's digital. I don't have to fast forward or anything. And I was playing back people's messages, and the digital technology back then was so poor that I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't understand a like word six, of it. Six-bit these... audio. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, it was, it was, even though it was supposed to be an upgrade, it was actually a downgrade going to digital. Oh man! Analog. You need analog. 
Exactly. See, maybe now you know everyone's going. Everyone's going back to buying records now. So maybe we'll go back to the analog cassette. Uh, answer. People are so bored these days with the digital stuff. We're going to go back to the more, the less convenient and 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 more like prone to. Uh, Total problems, uh, analog <laughs> getting, stuff. I mean, I the know tapes getting eaten. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know people in the whole classic game scene who obviously they're playing classic video games and old consoles. But there's some. They set up old PCs. They set up uh, Amigas and Commodore sixty fours and four eighty sixes and wow, well, Apple twos. We've talked about this in an old, you know, in old episodes of the Pawn Stevenson Show, but. Of course, you had a home computer a long time ago, and we had home computers. And I just remember being so, so excited. My whole body was almost going numb when my parents brought home our first home computer. Oh, yeah. I think it was was either 1991 or 92. It was a 386 color of, uh, you know, the, the VGA monitor. So excited. We hooked it up. It had Microsoft Windows and DOS. And then it's like, great. And then we would go out and buy these discs and everything. And, and, and I slowly came to the realization that this thing is useless. <laughs> we talked about it because, I mean, really, right? Your parents go Terrible. out. They spend however many thousands of dollars back then on these home computers. And we talked about it. And, and, and you could type a report and play yeah. junky video games on it. And that was it. It was like, I don't know why. I, I had this... This whole, like, hope of a computer, like... Because I feel like on TV, they made it seem like a a computer could do anything. You could make music and do all this stuff. Like, no, you can't. All you could do was, like, go to the store, buy buy (laughs) games, or, or like I said a few minutes ago, like, we would buy sound effect discs and, like, ooh, look at this. Look, I could play this sound effect. And And we would just sit there for hours just playing sound effects. And it's like... Well, it back, was useless. Well, back in the 80s when I got my first computer, it really was a lot more like you looked at those magazines. Especially The ads were like these beautiful ads with these like incredible like multicolor like paintings that were part of the ads. Right. Like a driving game was this like guy with a helmet and this action yeah. scene. Right. This like collage painting kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah, you the know, ads and, were awesome. And, and, and then you got these games. But the thing is, you might think we were disappointed, but we weren't. You know, you because it was so novel. Because I'm, I'm a lot older than you, I guess. I guess I'm like 10 years older than you around. I don't know because I remember. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like I remember we when we got Pong for the first time. That was the only video game you can get. We got and there was like a thousand different kinds of Pong you could get. <laughs> right. There was like no standardized Pong. I just remember getting that. That was probably like '75, maybe. Unbelievable. We loved it. So that's why we started with that, and we so anything that was better than that was was like great. <laughs> true, true, true. So when the Atari uh, VCS, you know, later known as the 2600, came out. That was absolutely amazing. I remember looking at the ads in the magazine. They had the stack of, like, 20 games that they yeah, had. Right. Just completely out of my mind, waiting to get it. And it was so amazing when you finally got it. But the computer I got was... See, in my family, we always got, like, the wrong thing. <laughs> so we got... Instead of VHS, we got beta for uh, VCR. So we suffered through the beta thing for years. And instead of getting, like, a Commodore 64, I got the TI-99-4A, which was a good, good <laughs> home computer, but it was... Um, it didn't have as much. It, it wasn't software. quite as good, right? But I got that, and I remember you had to save stuff on the cassette tape, yeah. and it was a sound. <laughs> so all those computers back then, this is maybe what's different. When you when you loaded it up, there was no interface. It just it right. just was like C colon slash yeah, just, or something like that. Yeah, it was the DOS prompt, and and it was on on the TI ninety nine. You could just immediately start programming. Ten, you know, print hello twenty go yeah. to ten. Enter and then you just hit run, enter, and so programming was like the main thing that was on there. So everyone started programming. I wrote like a like a bunch of games on there, 
-hmm. That so that made it so much more fun. And then there was some point where computers stopped coming with the programming language like right out in front. And I think that's what right. took away some of the fun because no matter Windows. no matter yeah no, I mean no matter what you could always say hey I can write some a program I could do something. So that's to well, me is like the shame like you buy a computer say this no how do you program today? I don't even know I how to write know. a program anymore. But I mean, but but here's my thing. Yeah, is that. And, and again, I'm very, very appreciative. I'm very grateful that my parents bought this computer. I'm, I don't want to sound like a yeah. spoiled brat or whatever. I'm very grateful. But like you said, seeing all these magazines or, or like even like my, you know, my, my friends, you know, his family was very into computers. They had like, you know, this article about how to like digitize photos and you can edit <laughs> photos and, 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 you know, like Stevie Wonder making music on the computer. Nah. So we're unboxing this computer. I'm so... <laughs> so just excited about the prospect of this computer. It's like, how do I make music? Oh wait, you can't. How do I digitize photos? Oh, you can. You have to buy like a three hundred dollars scanner and oh, then a, a, upgrade the sound card. And, buy this. and I'm like, if you've gotten an Atari, this, is, this can do nothing out of the box. Yeah. it can do nothing. It's because you got a PC. If you've gotten like an Atari ST, you could have. Written music right on there. Yeah, it had the yeah but who was buying? But also back then in the mid nineties, like like the internet was just like was was not good yet, you know. Oh, like, it was you know, terrible. Like, I yeah. remember I was like originally on AOL. I remember the first day that a AOL added access Compu to, to to the World Wide Web. Yeah, it was the most it was the most buggy thing. But I remember this day. I think it was in nineteen ninety four, the morning that they released it. And I got on the World Wide Web for like two minutes before it crashed. It was the right. greatest, like that. I, I remember that. And you moment. had to pay per minute. Oh, uh, it was terrible. And every every website was just like this this bright blue type with a gray background. <laughs> a, yes, yeah. the solid gray background. And those like beveled edges on yes. the, gray beveled edges on yes. things. Yes. It was a like it was that it was that era of, of, of the, the web. And uh, but I every single website had a had a dithered animated GIF that yeah. said under construction yeah. on it. And I, I mean, I re I can remember um, like in college. When I would send emails to people, both in the same university as me and, and friends from high school, you know, wherever else, I would send them the email, type, blah, 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 knowing that I wouldn't get an answer to the email, probably until, like, that night or the next day, and then I'd have to... And the reason I'm saying this is, like, I didn't have a computer in my dorm room. Well, I, we, right. we did, but the, the connection, it was we just did. terrible. It was yeah, absolutely terrible. So I'd have to walk you know, halfway across the campus to get to the computer lab <laughs> to write an email or to read an email. Right. And so all of my friends were doing the same thing. So there was this kind of like, you know, like 18th century kind of uh, <laughs> mystique where you're, you're like taking three days to communicate on an email. It was like the Pony insane. Oh, but Things have, have uh, you know, developed so quickly. Like, I don't know, like uh, when we used to do the band practice because Rob was... Uh, in this band that I was sort of, my, my wife and I and Harry was in this band, Fuzzy Doffner. So we used to hang out in, in the basement of, uh, of Harry's that. house. That was awesome. And, uh, and they had a computer, a PC. I think they still have the same one. And, and broadband. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it was, it yeah. was like, it, it was a good connection. So we, what, were, what were we doing online in 2000? I'm trying we to remember. We were on Napster. <laughs> yeah. And any song that popped into our head, you would sit there and turn us like, I'm going to download it on Napster. <laughs> and, we, and I remember we would spend nights... <laughs> Downloading these Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. phone calls. Oh yeah, yeah, those and just laughing our butts off, laughing our heads like off. E -bombs, How are you? E -bombs yes. World. Yes. yes, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm yeah. going to answer <laughs> immediately. 
who is your daddy and what does he do? Yes. But yeah, I remember the I, early I, days of that stuff. It was Napster. It really was. It but was there was Napster. no YouTube yet, right? That YouTube no, was, no, no. That's no. what I'm trying to think. Like, I remember we put our, our the music on uh, MP3.com. Yeah. It was like, I had a website, but you got like 50 megabytes of storage with your <laughs> website. Like right. Like, and, and a limited yeah. amount of download. And bandwidth, yeah. yeah. Even, even bandwidth. in the early days of my show, it was like, yeah, I only had 100 megabytes. So I, had, I could put a few episodes up, then I had to take a few old ones down. Right. It was amazing. So this mp3.com was like unlimited mp3 uploads. Yeah. And then they all sort of, they just like disappeared. It was like. They closed I, I it in yeah, 2000. One or two thousand two? Yeah, it was like no, it was two thousand two. Well, I guess because around then it was a dot com bubble burst, whatever. So let me tell you, mp three dot com was amazing. It was so great, amazing. Was... I found so many awesome little like junky little indie groups that made silly music. Right? Remember, we yeah. would just browse. Oh, absolutely. You could you could browse by it was it, it was, was like... awesome. And in fact, you 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 could actually. Uh, they would make CDs that people could buy. Yeah. They were called damn CDs, digital yeah. audio music CDs. And you made a few for your, your guitar band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I actually found my copies of your two albums. Oh, really? Uh, um, the, I I have the Work in Progress and That's Toy Star Capers. Yeah. And I've actually been playing a few songs on my show lately. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> now, I want to ask you something. No. Yes. Cowboy Kruger Return. Yes. Am I? Did I sing on that? No. no, I hear my voice. It was on me. It. No, it was me and my brother. But I heard a voice on that. It sounded, I can sort of remember. <laughs> it Cowboy Kruger returns. I'm saying it was me and my. It was me in my bedroom. I, I swear, in like, my underwear <laughs> in a microphone. But Cowboy Kruger. I played both on the show recently, and and Cowboy yeah. Kruger returns. Yeah, I, now, I what's remember. the story with Cowboy Kruger? I've, oh, I've been, I listened God. to that song about thirty <laughs> times in the past couple of weeks. What is like? What is Cowboy Kruger? <laughs> All right, in we were in the we were in fifth grade. I need to know. And again, we were we were insane. And wait, now hold on, hold on. <laughs> Before that. So Greg and I went to Belleville School Number Five. Yeah. In third grade. Then in fourth grade, Belleville, New Jersey, had this quote academically talented program for I guess whatever the smart children to yeah. to um, basically whatever grammar school you were in, the teachers would nominate. The smart yeah, students to go program. to yeah. this other school. We and so all the children from all the different schools would go to school number seven for the the special program. So in so we were in class in third grade. In fourth grade, I went to school number seven for the AT program. And in the first day of school, I didn't get in that year. I was deemed a troublemaker. <laughs> well. Here's the a, a, a brief tangent, but the thing about the AT program was yeah. some of the teachers took it seriously and actually did send the the whatever the smart people to this program. Other teachers said this student is a pain in the neck. <laughs> We're sending him to the, to the smart program. Wow, just to get rid of them, huh? Exactly. Uh, wow. I think I, I think some of the other schools um, didn't have a lot of qualified <laughs> kids, but also I think that a lot of them based it on like test scores only. So some of these kids were really smart no, test score wise, but they were insane. No, they were <laughs> so anyway, uh, some so the first stupid. day of fourth grade, we're in this new school. We don't we only know a few you know few friends, and everyone else is new. So the teachers reading off the attendance. And she really, you know, everyone is accounted for except this one boy, yeah. Christian, 
and she's like, well, who are you? And, and you know, he had an accent. He, <laughs> he was, like, really from Honduras or whatever. So, so he said, I'm Christian, whatever. He's like, you're not on the thing. They get all these other teachers involved. <laughs> what do I do? He's not on the list. What? Finally, they figure out he's in the wrong fourth grade class. He was in the other, quote, normal fourth oh, okay. grade class. So that's how we knew him. Okay. So then... <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking now how... Oh, I know how it came about. So then in fifth grade... So either that year or the following year, I remember which year it started. But in, in that school... In fifth grade, you and I ended up then being yeah. in the same So in that school, um, it was really strange. The school was very odd. When you would go into the lunchroom, um, like the previous schools I was at, um, if, you have, if, you had, if you brought your own lunch or if you paid for the lunch, um, you would just go up to... Uh, if you paid for the lunch, you would go up to the counter... And get a tray. They'd be on, like, tables. Yeah. Bring it back to your seat. Sit wherever you want. This school, I think because the the uh, the, the principal was a, a female Nazi. Mm-hmm. She was, um, yeah, was bad. She was put bad. All, all of the, the meals were on the tables already. So, essentially, if you brought your own lunch, you had to sit at a separate table from the kids... Who bought the lunch? Yeah. Yes, it was very strange. Yeah, you, this you, was going on back then. You weren't allowed to ming. If she, total havoc. And she during lunch, she would stand up on the stage, oh. watching with a microphone, screaming, "Really? You brought your lunch? You do not sit at that table. Get to the other table." It's like wow. Now here was the thing: if you were a if you were a girl, <laughs> yeah, if you were a girl, you could go out to the playground and do whatever you wanted. If you were a boy, you got <laughs> you to go out cage. there for like. 20 minutes in on, a cage. Yeah, essentially in a caged in <laughs> asphalt thing you. and play dodgeball every single day. No other games. For four years. Dodgeball. Or three wow. years, whatever it was. Three years. No, if you were there for your whole. Well, then it was seven Six years, years yeah. or whatever. Wow. Penis. Oh, she was terrible. Yeah, and we would all, we would be like, "Hey, how come how come the boys can't get roam the playground and play with the toys or whatever?" <laughs> Shut up. You, that's it. Now you're punished. You have to sit on the stage every day for a month. You know they for talking wow. they back. Finally got rid of her like a year ago. Wow. Yeah. Like 20 years ago. So anyway, so in 5th grade, we're sitting there and I don't know if it was that year or the year before. This guy just decided Christian. to like Yeah, this Christian decided to like sit with us at lunch. Yeah. And you know like some kids at lunchtime or whatever you're bored, you would draw things. So this kid he kept drawing this horrible looking Cowboy, right. we're like, what is this? He's like, this is a cowboy. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. He said it's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh, okay. And yes. We started laughing. What? Like what? It looks nothing like Freddy Krueger. It's, <laughs> like, like, it's this weird, ugly it's a looking cowboy Krueger. Right. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so that's where the name Cowboy Krueger came from. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know how. <laughs> in fifth grade, like me, Rob, a few of our other friends. Somehow concocted a song. <laughs> this is one of the things. I mean, I, yeah, we're the academically talented. So that's how so far back the song goes. Wow. Yeah, oh, 1988. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, only... I took credit for it. Wow. Yeah, what the hell? I didn't get any songwriting <laughs> credit? <laughs> well, so, I could only credit one person. On so, here's what happened. So, we came up with the first one, which was, it was like a, like a, like Cowboy a... Kruger Returns. No, no. Yes. That was the original that was song, yeah. Cowboy Kruger. No, yes, no, yes, yes, exactly. It was, it's Cowboy Kruger. Yes, it is. And we would sing it all the time. And, and you know, to drive this, the teacher crazy. Not just them. You know, to this day, some of my friends' parents, when I see them, they're like, oh, remember when you used to sing that stupid really? Cowboy I Kruger? Really? I never knew that. Drive us insane. 
It's like, oh, well, you There's know. There's something to that song, though. I, I, I mean, I, I heard it. I'm like, I got to play this. This is a great song. <laughs> it is a great. All right, so we wrote that one, right? And we used to have, even though we were all friends, we would occasionally have, like, competitions. Because, Over everything. Over everything. Occasionally. Because everything turned into because a we clearly we were all very smart, but we weren't stimulated. We were bored as hell. <laughs> I hated yeah. school. Oh, it was terrible. Did you hate school growing yes, up? Yes, I hated it. It was oh. horrible. Awful. It was not fun at all. No. So we used to we used to concoct things. We would write song we'd come up with <laughs> yeah. stupid songs. Um one day we came up with a game called Demolition Soccer. It was essentially we were playing soccer, we were playing soccer, Contact but it was soccer. it was basically football. <laughs> slash hockey. You could slam people into the fence and everything. It was insane. Wow. And we Teachers just, didn't like that. Well, we just came up with it. So um, one day we... Uh, oh, another thing we came up with was uh, a couple of a couple of kids... Market. Yes, a couple of kids thought they were, they were like really like, hey, look at me. I'm the, well, the one kid used to come in with a briefcase to school. <laughs> Six... He was a. Schmuck. I think there was one one of those what? kids in every school. I remember a kid with a briefcase. Hated him. Yeah, I hated him. One kid has to have a briefcase. It was like a Carlton Banks character. <laughs> oh, he was you terrible. Know, guy yeah. from the Fresh Prince. So, um, yeah, or like a Michael J. Fox <laughs> or family uh, right, family right. ties. So him and another guy decided. Yeah, they decided they were gonna they were gonna do their own stock market for uh, amongst our, ourselves, <laughs> and they would have stocks. And so you have to buy into fake it and stock. everything. Fake stocks. You have to buy into it. And, and and so they would decide, they would put out a sheet every week of what the stocks were worth. <laughs> so, again, the teachers hated this because it would cause so many fights. Oh, uh, wait. So this that one was real. Oh, that was real bad. So, um, because we were all like geeks. So you couldn't imagine us fighting. But that actually, we were fighting in the hallway. I remember the kids were fighting. Because, and I never got into this, because I, I immediately, being cynical, immediately I said, why should I pay into something? You're the ones deciding what it's going to be worth. <laughs> right. I'm going to get screwed. Insider trade. It was insider trading. So then we were fighting about that. So at some point, there we were arguing about something. I guess we were singing the Cowboy Kruger song or something. <laughs> so at some point, Rob and a couple other kids... Decided they hated the original Cowboy Kruger song, <laughs> make our own. and they were going to make their own, really? and they were going to patent that one or something. Oh, I don't wow! Know. Well, I, we I, didn't know about copyright back then. No, so is that just, the is that the other version? That's, or? The, other that's version. the slower okay. version. Wow, Cowboy Kruger, <laughs> which I made better. I don't know about. Yeah, like because in, in, in your version, it's sort of like. It's like a Nirvana style cowboy. Yes, it's Kruger. like uh, you're ahead like of the time. Spooky. He's ugly, just like me. And then in the yeah. end, you become cowboy. Right, Kruger in the end. right. It's a it's a it's a it's brilliant song. Deep, I must say, it is. It is song. a deep song. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> now, there's one other song you have that has something about people pouring maple syrup on windshields in the, in the winter. What is that all about? That was fascinating. That's a really good. Song, you made that into a song. <laughs> you were the one that did it. So, no, so we, it wasn't maple syrup. It was just water. But yeah, so that sounds we, like a really so bad, like maple, did, frozen I, maple syrup. I did do it. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So I just basically my imagination. Wait, is what e- song extrapolated. is this? It was just called Every Day. That's a good song. Uh, what do we do every day? So why am I so am I in high this? school? We again, like we were just bored or whatever. So we would just cause trouble. <laughs> But like, but harmless trouble, yeah. not, not like no, smashing people's. Well, know, there was this one kid who whatever, was our this who was our quasi friend, and he was a real moron, and uh, he would always get on our nerves. 
And so he had a car, and it was this old, terrible, like eighty, like nineteen eighty Chevy Monte Carlo. No, or Nova. No, oh, not Chevy. him. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think it was him. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was somebody else. I don't remember. I, I maybe I did it to more than one person. But it was in the winter time, and we were. I was like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him this time. <laughs> so the idiot would leave his car in a harmless way. Yeah, I guess. So he'd leave his car parked somewhere or other, and. Um, so we pulled up, and we were going to van- basically vandalize his car. But, in a, but not in a destructive way. <laughs> oh, not, like, it depends. Not like baseball bat. I don't know. We weren't keying his car. Yeah. We were just doing silly things. Somebody did, not me. But No. Well, no, we didn't. Do yeah. That. You did it? Ben did. <laughs> what? He hated him bad. He wanted yeah, well, to get Well, I didn't wow. know about that. So I, I, like one time I left an, an, an eaten apple on his dashboard, so it would go rotten or something. So one day I was like, oh, I'm going to get him. So it was cold out. It was a winter. And so I went there, and I started pouring water on his windshield and on his doors. <laughs> and I was doing it, like, a little bit. And I put, oh, that was, oh, that was the other guy. I got him. Oh. I poured, I poured, all right, so I poured it on his windshield. And we let it, you know, let it sit there. And so I guess the next day it was totally frozen <laughs> solid. And he couldn't come to school, so he says, because he couldn't, you know, couldn't see out of the windshield. But the other guy, um... I forget what we were doing, but he stood us up. He was supposed to pick us up somewhere and stood us up. Blue. So we, huh? Blue. No, what's it? Oh. Okay. So we found where he was. They were at some diner. So I said, "I'm going to get him now." <laughs> so we had some water in our water. We always said, "Guards going somewhere with a water gun." So we uh, we sprayed the water gun on his locks, and it was cold out, and the locks froze, and he couldn't get in the car. <laughs> wow. For like two yeah. days. So, so it seems like we're we were jerks, but <laughs> wow, but we weren't. We weren't. It was it was all in good. Fun. Now that was the same guy. There was an, the same guy that I did the locks. He anno- he was annoying us another time. So um, he left his bike at one of our friend's house. The one who the same one who had the answering machine, and so I took I purposely unscrewed like every bolt that I could on the bike, but left it barely on there. So when he went to ride it, it was turned pulling apart, and it did. Oh, my God. oh man! Frank's gonna hate us. All right, no. no. All right, so all right. That's so, an, enough about us. Right, about well, Frank. I wanted to show you something here because I know you what talked about this? this topic on your show recently. You know yeah. this this like current there's like this this wave of pinball kickstarters. Yeah. So like every there's now so many of them now. <laughs> Remember there was one you talked about, the guy wanted to start a pinball museum in yeah. California. He's like, I want $150,000. He raised like $20,000. Right. They're, they're getting out of control. So this one was Papa TV, right? Now, I read it, and I kind of didn't under- I kind of understood what they were talking about, but I just wanted to get the T-shirt. I thought it was kind of a cool T-shirt. It is a cool T-shirt. It's like a, a dragon with a knight playing pinball in his stomach, and it's, yeah, it's awesome. orange and red. Very so, retro looking. Now, I so... Even though I didn't quite understand what they were talking about, I figured I would get the, the two T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they only sent me this one. So right. now, I hopefully, I sent them an email. I'm like, wait, can you send me the other one? They're like, oh, well, after the pinball tournament, we'll, we'll try. But I don't know what I paid for. They basically said they wanted to, like, broadcast pinball like some kind of a, a live sport. Okay. All right. And they were going to, like, broadcast it live. So apparently, mm-hmm. they just did it last weekend for, like, a few hours. <laughs> they raised like th- hundreds of thousands of, what? Mean, like, to broadcast like for a few hours a year. Huh. Like, oh, Wait a where my money? Well, I don't understand it. It was it Papa, Papa. On the internet? Yeah. 
Why do you need a hundred thousand dollars? I don't know what I forget how much they wanted, but, but it was whatever. Like it was like, why do you need thousands of dollars? They to said they broadcast. needed to buy all these cameras and computers. we broadcast stuff. I don't know. It's like so <laughs> right. I so I wanted to watch it, and and it's just basically there is you can actually Papa is like a professional pinball association, mm. so you can actually watch like, but they were just, they're just using that um, what's that broadcast thing you can use Ustream, live stream or, or use yeah. they're, yeah. they're just using something like that <laughs> it's free <laughs> yeah i don't understand i don't know and they have, they must have had like a camera up on a on a you know looking down on the pinball table i don't know where my money went so <laughs> oh boy there's all these pinball kickstarters now there there's so many now there's another one a pinball museum so this is like the new get rich quick scene first there, there was one in michigan oh i'm gonna start a pinball museum now this guy like has a few pinball machines in his house and he's trying to raise like thousands of dollars for his pinball music. But it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just his house. Come it's on. like he just wants money. Come on. It's ridiculous. His Kickstarter stuff is getting out of control. Let me tell you something. Well, that's why nothing clears anymore. They all fail. But here's the thing. I, I didn't realize this. I just learned about this the other day. So on Kickstarter, which which to me is is the main fundraising website. On yeah, Kickstarter, yeah. Well, someone it's not the sets only a one. no, I know, but I'm I'm just saying. Someone sets a goal, like let's yeah. say I want to raise twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and and let's say a whole bunch of people contribute, but it but by the end of the deadline, it only gets to ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that person doesn't get any of the money, no, and no one's nothing. credit cards gets charged. Yeah, but I didn't know this until the other day on the other competing website, Indiegogo.com. Yeah, if someone sets a goal fundraising goal of twenty thousand dollars by the end of the deadline. They've managed to raise ten thousand dollars. They have the option of taking the ten thousand. Who's not going to take the option? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Well, I so didn't why know would that. You choose Kickstarter. Well, look, if then. they still, right. I mean, if they well, because it's more well known, I guess. Yeah. But if you're if you're still going to fulfill the rewards, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was a uh, another one. I I can I I don't know why, but on uh, Facebook, someone added me. I, I joined this podcast group, yeah. and it's like, you know. I don't know what I don't know what it is about podcasters. Did you ever hang out with a lot of podcasters or go to no, podcasting? Just meetups? you. <laughs> there's, there, like there is this weird thing. Like I go in this group, and they're like, "Here are the rules of the group." Now, first of all, I, there's this long list of this litany of rules about this. Like a Facebook group, you who has rules on a Facebook group? I know. I know. The first rule: you may not talk about your own show. What? <laughs> what? What's the whole point? All podcasters want to do is talk about their own show. Maybe that's why they made the rule, and. Uh, so I don't know what to say. Like, I'm right. not allowed to talk about the overnight skate. What like, people are like? Um, remember that podcast from a few years ago? Like, like <laughs> what kind of discussion is this podcast? It's just like this weird. People had this. Like I said before, people with this get rich quick mentality. Right. There's some sort of bizarre mentality with with podcasters. I don't know what it is. One of those podcast meetups I went up uh, went out in California back in 2005 and 2006. They were the most like debauched people you can imagine. <laughs> there was like this rave going on in this this room. They had set up a tent on the bed. There were there were naked girls like painted fluorescent colors running what? around. What? Like massive like cake parties. It was like insane. This one guy, his his podcast, his, his podcast was the naked girl painting podcast. So oh, he's like, boy. oh, I'm a body art painter. And and so wait, like, was it, it an audio podcast? Yeah. Wait a minute. What? That doesn't make any sense. But it was like it was like that, and then I remember I was hanging out with these people in this hotel room, and they were like these dominatrixes, and I was like, it was just like who what? are these? Like podcasting was so bizarre. It was wow. really like for a few years, it was like this. But I don't know. It's it's almost felt like like I've never been part of like the seedier element of life. I've never really been around people doing drugs. Neither have we. But like being around these podcasters, it kind of scared me. Like these kind of people. 
So it reminded me one of the one of the Kickstarters I saw on this Facebook group. And by the way, being like I don't know what it is like being around other face, uh, podcasters again is kind of like bumming me out. You know, it's <laughs> know. reminding me of all of this. Like like I still do my show, but I don't really I'm not part of the culture of podcasting anymore. Yeah, well, same with us too. But there was this podcast where they're like on Kickstarter, they're like. We stopped doing our podcast in 2007. We want to start it up again. Oh, we, we need $5,000. Oh, no. What? Get out of here. So, wait, wait, wait <laughs> what, what is it costing us right now to do this podcast? These shows don't cost anything. You need it's a, a recorder. That's it. It's a one-time You need, you need a digital recorder. Or you can even just do it on your phone. Right. But you got to so pay for guys, a web space. So I gave him like $35. That's, I figure out... A, a, web, a web host is not $5,000. $10 a month even. For, I'm on DreamHost. $10 a month for unlimited, un unlimited the, everything. The yeah, problem is on most of these Kickstarters now, it's not only about, hey, I'm going to do something cool, you know, donate money, whatever, because and you'll get something back at the end or whatever. You'll get the product. It's not only about that now. It's also... Oh, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be writing this new game. I'm designing this new game. I'm going to be writing this book. I'm going to be filming this movie. <laughs> an app, an iPhone whatever. App. However, even though I have to, I need money to do this. The second part is I need money because I will not be. I don't have a job. Well, see, that's that too. Because while I'm doing this, I need money to support myself, right, to pay rent, and so it becomes and like this twofold to pay for all the rewards that I'm promising. That's what I don't get. All these Kickstarters, like, it must cost them more to do these like T-shirts and all of these different. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, this show I I never had heard of. It. It's called Jawbone. Yeah. Never heard. And they 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 raised the five thousand. They did. And wow. I, they're gonna. And they, the guy's like, he's like, I need a new computer. I need. A, so, like, you know, to do the show, you need a new computer. Anyway, I don't know the show. I'm sure they're perfectly, it's a perfectly good show. But, like, I, I can't do it, Kickstarter. This doesn't cost any money. I know. You understand, I have thousands of shows online. I have six months of audio online. I have massive <laughs> archives. There, there's, like, it's a, it's a lot. This uh, Dream Host, for example, is one of many hosts. They have no disk space uh, limitation. Right. They have no uh, a, a transfer <laughs> limitation. The only limitation is is in, uh, you know, processor usage. So, right. if you had, like... Because it's a, a shared. Yeah, if server. you had a huge rush on your site, they would shut it down temporarily. But other than that, if you have like you know, like most podcasts or whatever, internet radio shows, there's, there's like I, thirty I, listeners. I do have like a few hundred. I've been testing it. It's a few hundred listeners, but that doesn't tax the server that much. Right. Ten dollars a month, you and, know, and that's like I, I'm sure it's even cheaper now, you know. Well, and you can a lot of people that on on because uh, on the overnight skip, there's the overnight skip underground. Your show's on. This show's on it. Yeah. A lot of other shows. Um, a lot of people do actually record on the, on their iPhones, yeah. and it sounds just fine. Yeah, or, or Android or whatever, and, and then phones. just upload it right I, from I've there. used my Android and recorded some stuff. So the thing is, you don't need anything. It's completely... <laughs> and you can actually use archive.org to host your shows. Um, and if you want to do that, you can... You know, I don't know about uh, the podcast feed. I don't even know. Like, you know, I still have a podcast feed. I don't know how many people... Actually, I, in my stats, it says there are still people on the feed. But are there? I don't even know. <laughs> so what I was going to ask was, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Sorry. So what you were saying about Facebook groups? Yeah. You know, so you know how the past couple of years, all on TV, the commercials or in a magazine or pretty much any kind of company is like, you follow us on Twitter. Here's yeah. our Twitter username, or or like us on Facebook. Here's our Facebook page or group or whatever it is. This is. Exactly. Remember in, you know, whatever, the year 1996, 97, 99, like around that time, at the end of a commercial or a magazine ad, it was the same exact thing, except it was, 
Here's our AOL channel. Yeah. Do you remember that? It, yeah. There wasn't even websites. Like, Nintendo didn't have a website. It was visit our AOL channel. Yeah. Or, or you know, like any kind of company, any you know, Genie or CompuServe or uh, yeah, it was Prodigy. It, it was it was the, the big thing. Instead of the Facebook group, it was our AOL channel, and they're dead. Yeah, Facebook's going to be dead just like AOL. I I think so. I mean, because like the the big thing with that is that the way the internet developed is it was open, right? Anyone could have a website. And now the Facebook thing is like closing it again because right. like Twitter, I honestly I'm on it, but I I can't. I used to use it and kind of be into it. Yeah. I, I can't even approach it anymore. I, I ran out of things to say. <laughs> well, I actually, I embarrassed myself, but it was early on. I was I was tweeting like 80 times a day. Uh, Everyone was like sh- turning but like, off. But, 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 but like original thoughts or just retweeting? No, no, no original thoughts. Facebook. I was oh, like, okay. I, I was, I just, uh, things that I th- was thinking. And I, it was way too much, but mm. that was way in the early days of Twitter. So I got it out that of my system. But every, everybody was doing that, though. I know it, it was, it, so I don't feel so bad about it. But I, I really, I, I don't understand how Twitter is like surviving in the, in, with Facebook. Like they're both really big right now, still. But you're right. I think that Facebook is going to be finished in a few years because it's yeah. something else will come along. And because I, I really believe exactly. that the Google Glass is going to be the start of the next thing. Are you no, wearing these? Are not Google Glass. These are regular glasses. Like... No, these they're are cool glasses. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're, they're Oakley. They were the only ones in the store I like. Well, I, I I compare. See, there are people who say, you know, just to use Facebook as an example, like Facebook will never die. There's almost a billion users on it. It'll never go away. And I say, first of all, it will go away because every website eventually goes away. A- every popular like social thing, whatever, like yeah. on the web, goes away. But I compare it to a TV show, like. Cheers or The Office or whatever. It's like, man, this show's so funny. It's never going to go away. And then after how many years, people get bored of it and it gets canceled. And well, it never, it never like well, revives it. It's, it's never like with MySpace, right? Yeah. How many people are trying to revive MySpace? They, and I they keep, keep, they keep trying. I keep telling people like, <laughs> once, friends once the quote TV show gets canceled, <laughs> people don't go back to it. It's over. Yeah. MySpace has been canceled. It's over. You, you well, can't revive the it. The issue with... Right? Well, the problem with MySpace is... People move on to the new show. Yeah. The problem with MySpace is, first, was a dumb name. But um, the problem with that one was they basically, they grew and grew, and they didn't keep up with the uh, hardware requirements of the massive user base that they had at that in that you know two-year period. Well, it didn't scale. Yeah, and yeah. it just kept crashing. And Friendster. No, my problem with MySpace was everyone customizing their page to oh, be all glittery and have yeah. animated gifs. Yeah. When and they start allowing the yeah, browser, they, they, yeah. you know, like playing five different songs at once, and I'm just like, I hate MySpace. I'm done. Well, it would crash <laughs> a lot. Now, the only thing with Facebook is there's a lot of older people now who are using it. And that's why it is going to dwindle down and I fail. I don't know. I think I'll they're, they're going to be I, less I really, likely to move on. I really but. think I know how it's going to fail, which is that. People, Google Glass is sort of a joke right now, but remember the name iPad was a joke when right. it first came out. Like everything's yeah. a joke, but this the Google Glass, where you're talking to your computer, which is in your glasses, which sounds silly or whatever, and there's a screen in front of your eye. So your computing experience is now going to be always on. It's going to be much more voice based, and it's going to be all around you instead of being on a little rectangular screen. Right. Especially when we get the, the VR goggles and the AR goggles, 
it's going to be something where it's not going to be like Facebook where you have a little list and you have a news feed and you, right. it's going to be like I actually even if we're in you know in different states I could I could say oh let me talk to Robin I'll actually see you there right, right? in my yeah. glasses I'll and you'll see me well right? it'll it'll be more yeah. contextual but I'm, I'm just saying like you like I'll see you you'll see the people in front of you because right. what what the computers can be able to do is um, even if there's not a camera on you it, it'll have a 3D model of you and maybe measuring some of the positions of your face and your facial expressions with you, you might imagine if you have glasses on it could measure something about your face right a 3d model of uh, uh, of you and, and you and and it'll be fully animated based on you know what you're currently wearing and everything <laughs> and it will not be like a little rectangle it'll just be you you know like we're right. used to like right now we're here in the same space and we're talking to each other it's gonna be much more like that so Facebook is not like that Facebook is little rectangles and lists and posts right. and little pictures the next computing is going to be much more integrated with our real life, and Facebook's not going to, like these big companies are never able to adapt when that big change comes. No, so that's what is going to happen. They can't. They're not going to be yeah, able to. They can't. Every big company. Well, they'd have has to never buy been, up, like a startup. That some. That, I'm telling you, there's some little company yeah. out there right now that's developing this. They're going to be the next multi-billionaires. Yeah. Maybe we could be them. We should start the company of the uh, the interactive, uh, you know, 3D, AR, VR experience. Come on. No virtual. Uh, well, I was. We gonna, could do a Kickstarter. Well, could we? Yeah, I yeah exactly. Ask, I was going to ask you about because I know you're, you've been following the Oculus Rift. Yeah. What's what is that all about? Well, I think I mean to me, there's a big conspiracy going on with this because uh -oh. uh, to have a you know, people think about virtual reality, right? You just put on a pair of goggles. There's a little TV screen for your right eye, a little TV screen for your left eye. It tracks your head movement, goes into a computer, so you're in a 3D world. You put the goggles on, and now it changes what you're seeing based on the position of your head, so you really feel like you're inside the virtual world, right? We've seen this. Well, instead of using yeah. a joystick, you're, you're just yeah. moving your head. You're moving your head. So we've seen this since the 80s where they're talking about virtual reality, right? Right. And they had uh, actual arcades. I don't know if you remember virtuality, where you actually, in a mall, you could put this giant toaster oven-sized thing on your head and play these, these rudimentary video games that were based on the Amiga. Yeah. And it worked. You looked around as much as you could with that thing on your head. It was head, choppy, but it you, worked. And you had a little joystick, and you could shoot pterodactyls in the sky. And, yeah, yeah. The, it was, you know. it was the, the frame rate was low. So, but... you know, what do you need? You need a computer that can do 3D. You need some good goggles that can track your head motion and all that stuff. Right. Now, for some reason, all during the 90s, we thought this was going to happen, but there were real limitations. The computers were not fast enough. Um, the, the amount of latency in the whole process, yeah, right? The price. Yeah. yeah. For, for so, something that was powerful. So the thing is... As these, the cell phone technology, the miniature display technology, the motion detection technology has been uh, geometrically increasing in recent years, I think they reached a point, maybe 2007, 2008, 2009, where every single thing that you would need to make a really good VR headset was already there. You just had to put mm -hmm. it together. Right. Now, for some reason, none of the big companies were touching it. Now, I don't know why. I actually have a theory as to why. Well, the virtual point. Well, the Virtual Boy. I actually saw Nintendo's one. Nintendo's not going to touch it. Yeah. In Atari Manhattan, there's a, there, there was a store with a Virtual Boy in the window yesterday. Oh, in yeah. a box? Like boxed and everything? No, just or a Virtual Boy. Just like like down down by the Bowery. There's, there's like a couple of video game, wow. classic video game stores. Have you ever been down there, those stores? There's like two stores within a few blocks of each so. other. Yeah. Usually, well, I know I you go to the, the digital, digital yeah, 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 Probably the same kind of stuff. Anyway, sorry, I didn't but, mean to. But anyway, so Sony... Microsoft, Nintendo, none of these people are making VR. Like, why? So this this small company comes up and it's like, listen, 
We can do this. It's not. It'll cost like two hundred dollars for the person to buy it. Right. Everything is there. The screens, the motion detection, the the you know the latency. Everything is there. Why aren't these big companies doing it? We're going to do it. So there was a Kickstarter. Yeah. And they raised like millions, literally millions of dollars. I put in like ten bucks just so I could get the. Uh, no, I got the T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> for like twenty dollars. Nice. Again, how how for them to get the T-shirt printed up, and to hire someone to sort them out and put them in like and like. They must. It must be at a loss. Like I gave them like twenty bucks. Like the whole process. Like right. anyway, I don't get that part. <laughs> right. Right. To me, like making T-shirts would be expensive. But anyway, so then there's. It's out. It's it's not out for the consumer, but there's thousands of these developer units out. Mm. So one of the co-founders of the company, you may remember this from a few months ago, died. There was a high-speed police chase, <laughs> and this guy, th- this guy was crossing the street. He was like one of the geniuses behind the whole thing. All right, right. He was crossing the street and he got hit by the car and he's killed. As if they're trying to send a message to stay away from this VR. So what's happening but with the Oculus Rift now? Everything seems to be fine. Okay. But but then uh, yeah, but then they got John Carmack. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the latest thing. But here's the, here's the theory, right? Doom guy. The theory yeah. is, and this is a theory I developed along with some uh, other people on on the Overnight Skip Underground. Pete River, uh, who's also on the channel, had a you know talked about the theory. But the theory is, we live in a consumer culture, right? And everyone. You know, has like a house or a space, and they have their own body, and they need to buy tons of clothes and shoes and glasses and pillows for your house and ev- right. like all this Everything. consumer yeah. stuff. Right. So that's why we have this mass wasteful consumer Junk. society. You have these Targets, these WalMarts, all these stores at all different economic levels. You buy junk, and they even say like ninety percent of the stuff that is taken out of a, a Target or a Walmart is in a landfill within like like three months. Wow. It's all gone. It's like it's just this consumer society. So the idea is that. Uh, and I thought of, I, I thought of this idea. If you're in your own house and you have the goggles on, you could have a complete model of your house in virtual reality, with all of the walls and doors, yeah. right. all of the furniture and everything. You have opaque goggles on, but you're seeing now your house. Yeah, but you always have to wear the stupid goggles. But wait, <laughs> if you want to put a new kind of wallpaper on the wall, all virtual. you need to do is just say. Wallpaper five, and now your whole house has a new wallpaper. If you want a new couch, you just say it. It right. still feels like the same couch. So the idea is that this is one theory as to why the big companies are staying away from it. If this uh, home VR system, uh, AR VR system, where you can now customize your your home uh, without buying anything, it'll destroy our consumer the consumer system. Good. So that's why they're suppressing the VR technology. Actually, I saw on IKEA.com or whatever that that for for IKEA's upcoming 2014 product catalog, they're making an augmented reality phone app and maybe tablet app or, or whatever, some kind of app that you can just point it around your room and and say like if you pick out like you said like a couch from the catalog, so just move it with your finger. Yeah. I want it there. Ooh, now because on your screen it's showing your actual room with. The couch in it, or with the that's the beginning. Yeah, that's the beginning, the beginning of this beginning, whole process. Yeah. So I want. So my my prediction for Oculus is that there's going to be the discovery of, of all of what do you call it, like financial misdeeds, like <laughs> they, they, they've they've uh, frauded, you know, defrauded their investors, and the, I I my prediction is the whole thing is going to go out of business because of financial misdoings, and it's all going to be because they're trying to suppress VR. Not that but, I really but, care. But, I, I I like the idea of it, but I also Kind of like, right now we don't have to live in that VR world, you know. But so, but you're saying, uh, 
all this stuff will come out against Oculus Rift, like they've defrauded the investors. But fake, yeah, it, fake. It, it, it'll be this fake thing, like like they defrauded their investors or something. Like they'll just make something up, and the whole company will go just out of business. Yeah, yeah. Crush it, and then yeah. they'll they'll make some sort of like. You know, like now they have like Disney Infinity and these like they're sort of virtual worlds, but they're not three D and they're very con- yeah. controlled. They're like games. They're not like they're not like metaverses. Hmm. Anyway, I have a, I have a different topic here. Sure. I just found out about this. What do you think of this? What is, is the fruit brute and fruity yummy mummy are coming back? Have you heard about this? Uh, no. <laughs> do you, do you... General Mills cereal. Yes. Breakfast cereal? Yes. Now, you have to enter, of all cereals, Fruit Fruit is like one of the rarest ones. I remember seeing it out in Montana in like 1980. Wow. It's a fruit-flavored werewolf. I never heard hey. of that one. Before. And then they discontinued You never heard of Fruit Fruit? No. Then they discontinued it, and they came out with a fruity, yummy mummy, because they figured that a mummy would be more appealing for children of, of a fruit flavor than a, than a werewolf. That also was... You never you remember the fruity, yummy mummy? I do remember the mummy, yeah. but not... Yeah, where uh, yeah, but that was from wasn't that from like Count Chocula, the mummy. Well, ca- well, Count, yeah, Ch- Count Chocula, Booberry, and, and, and Frankenberry are they're, they're still in production. But I've always been fascinated by this. I guess it's sort of like it was like a seventies, eighties thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, fruit brute, like uh, in uh, Pulp Fiction, there's a guy eating fruit brute. So Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan. Huh. But and and uh, and I actually met a guy at Comic Con a couple years ago who owns an original box of fruit fruit. It's it's worth like a thousand dollars. Just just an empty what? box, an empty box of fruit fruit is worth like a thousand dollars. Ah, I should have kept all the cereal boxes. But but anyway, well, yeah, oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, finish. But I'm saying, apparently for this coming upcoming Halloween season, they're going to be releasing both of these at once. Mm. These never coexisted as cereals in the past. Uh, One superseded the other. Now fruit fruit is cherry, and fruity yummy mummy is an orange cream. Hmm. So they've now I cannot partake because it's not vegetarian. Right, it has gelatin in it. But, it's made out of skeletons. Yeah. So I I didn't know if you were like because I I know it's like a generational thing, but like fruit fruit to me is so fascinating and all no, the cereals. I, you know. I, I I don't know that just this is this is bypass this is the us. new packaging with like this airbrushed look. You yeah, know, the old one was much different. It's like the CGI. Look yeah. To, I hate that look. I like you know what I love the flat that retro flat cartoony look with the original boxes. Yeah, I'll show you the original Fruit Fruit. I mean, I would love to own a Fruit Fruit box. It's, it's pretty much... It's you like it's like $1,500 to $2,000. Yeah, but you can't even find one to buy. That's why this guy... You know, there's a guy that does a comic strip called Mr. Toast or something. I don't know if it's that popular, but... I never heard of that. But he, he owns a Fruit Fruit box. <laughs> wow. So... Um, I was going to say... Yeah, we've I mentioned this on, on an old episode, but... Growing up, I loved Count Chocula and Frankenberry. Yeah. And and I loved... And, and Lucky Charms. And I loved those dry, dehydrated marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. The crunchy marshmallows. Yes. I like those way better than real marshmallows. Yeah. But, believe it or not, I also liked the non-marshmallow pieces, the oat pieces or whatever they are. And then... And, and that was during the 1980s. And then, for a long time, I didn't have them. And then maybe, like... I don't even know, maybe like the early 2000s, let's say. I'm like, you know, let me buy a box of Lucky Charms or Count Chocula or whatever. So I bought these cereals. I haven't had this in so long. I used to love this. And I poured a bowl, and they changed it. What? They changed the consistency of the oat pieces. Really? Because they used to be like a really crunchy, solid oat. I remember. Whatever. I, I, I used to eat, I used to eat that all the time. And then they changed yeah. it to a more like, like, like... 
they have little like air holes, like oh, really? like, like a more light, oh. crispy. And I'm like, no, totally destroyed it. it. It reminds me of you know the uh, goldfish pretzels. Yeah. You know, like the, like the Pepperidge Farm. Yeah. Well, I remembered them from a long time ago. We used to have them all the time as kids. You know, so I for some reason it just came to mind. You know, the and they were really good. I remember, you know, it's like a goldfish, but like the base of it was kind of solid. And the sort of dome of the fish was almost like hollow. Right. So it was like this, to eat it, you almost sometimes the top would break open. You, you could sort of put your tongue in there. Right. And it was like, it was, I tried it recently. They completely reformulated it. It's like, oh. it's, it's, it's like this, uh, yeah, like this foamy, not foamy, but like a, a, a less dense, crumbly, crumbly like interior. I that. They completely ruined it. I'm like, I, I can't even eat this crap. Hate it, because when they because like how how can you you can't make that at home you can't really make because they had a factory that made those goldfish right. once they shut that down you can never get them again. No, it's terrible. These people. I, I what did you think about the whole Twinkie thing? That always reminded me of New Coke. I don't know, again, <laughs> I, don't, I was I don't know if you remember that, but I remember back in nineteen eighty back in nineteen eighty five Coca Cola changed their formula from what what everyone loved to this like horrible sickly sweet nasty flavor. And then they switched it back, and it was like a sh- people said it was like a huge publicity stunt. Remember Max Headroom, that character? The, yeah, the, uh, catch the wave, new Coke, you know? Yeah, uh, it was like it that was, was ridiculous. That was a conspiracy theory. That, yeah, that it was all just a publicity uh, stunt. Yeah, and that, it almost seemed like this because it seemed like these like corporate raiders bought up Hostess. The, the, they said the company was hugely profitable, but like these these like Wall Street guys were like doing some sort of weird financial stuff to the company. And they and and they shut it down, mm. and then they now it's back. Right? How did it come back? All of a sudden, well, no, I don't understand how it came back. The company is gone. Hostess is gone. It's just that they what? sold the rights to to somebody else. But it's like the It looks like this, and, and they put beef in those. And there's beef in Twinkies. What? Like, what? There's beef in there. Beef fat. What? That's what the white stuff fat. is. Yeah. It's like it's it's like it's. It's beef fat. It's they nasty. They still don't really have them in the grocery stores, though. Uh, it's still all like the Little Debbie's <laughs> imitations. I only saw, I saw that, you know, they call it the cupcakes. Somehow that's like yeah. their trademark cupcakes. I don't know how you could trademark cupcakes. I think it's such a generic term now. Yeah. But uh, the other day in, in New York, in uh, at Dwayne Reed at Port Authority Bus Terminal, I saw this guy and he had a box of Twinkies. He was like, uh, uh. he was like so happy. <laughs> I don't even, well, the thing with me is I don't, I don't really like any of the hostess stuff. It was the Drake yes, stuff Drake. that I liked. Devil I love the Drake. Yes. I don't funny know. Bones. Funny bones and oh, ring things. Funny, I don't know what the... Oh, the ring things. And those are vegetarian, I suppose. The Drake's I mean. cupcakes were great. There's no beef in those. But anyway, so where are those? They Wait. went under with the hostess. And I know. Well, you probably remember this. Case. Because when we were growing up, I remember in the 1980s... Terrible baseball cards. I'd go to my grandmother's box. house, and she would have... Like, you want a Twinkie? We have the regular Twinkies, chocolate Twinkies, jelly-filled Twinkies, <laughs> banana. And a flavor Twinkie, and then and and then like after that they they just only made regular plain old Twinkie. Well, the chocolate covered Twinkie was the chocodile. Remember that? No, no, no. But I mean, it wasn't chocolate covered. It was actual chocolate, oh, chocolate sponge. Really? Yeah. So it was not the chocodile. No. Oh. I wonder if chocodile. There were like five different kinds of Twinkies, and then they just got rid of like no, just one Twinkie. The best was a uh, Dolly Madison snack cakes. Right? Oh. <laughs> 
Back back when they used to show all the, the peanuts the special. I now I now have that. an urge yeah. for Drake's kiss. Ah, where are they? <laughs> it was just it was all it was all about Dolly Madison because every time you had like yeah. the, the the Charlie Brown Christmas special or whatever, yeah, brought to you by Dolly and Madison, and those were like the nastiest little snack cakes. I just remember it was like Cheap. It, it was like this crumbly cake yeah. with this nasty jelly and like like coconut flakes on the outside. It, it tasted like toxic waste, Very but it was cheap. it was it was Dolly Madison. It tasted like chemicals. <laughs> it was. I'm just thinking now. Oh, I remember I used to eat like in the middle school where the food was terrible, and and they had like in elementary school they didn't have the snacks. In middle school, they did. That's all I used to eat was like a pretzel, or or I'd eat the um, the Drake's apple pies. Remember the two uh, squares? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the package. Hostess apple. Pies. Oh, they were Hostess. Yeah. They were Drake's. No, Hostess. No, the cherry know. pie, the apple pie. Yeah. Not. They were the two. Because there was they, another. They were the messiest thing. No, no, no. no. Was, that was like the waxy exterior. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it was, was covered an... in that white film. Oh, but there was God. another company, and man, I don't think it was Little Debbie. It was one of the other ones. Tasty cake. Maybe something. it was tasty. And, and it was the apple pie looked like a like a burrito. It was like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, the half circle. Yes. Yeah. Those were disgusting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. And those I know. were a me- were very messy. messy yeah. Well, they still make, like, if you go to, like, uh, Dwayne Reed or Walgreens, by the checkout, they always have these, like, like uh, pastries like that, but they're like, how do you make a pastry that can sit there for like months? It's like it's got to be garbage. It, it's it's like embalmed. You know? It's garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> and what is that waxy? Every time they do something like that, just this waxy like residue. <laughs> like what? Is it, what is that stuff? It's garbage. Even though I haven't eaten these in several years now um, because they're too fattening, but um, is the Intamins? Like the uh, Intamins yeah. chocolate-covered oh, donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, I love those, but at the same time, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I will not buy them because they do not seem healthy. They seem like, <laughs> no, like the Intamins. They taste like and then And then they have the uh, the donuts that have, like, little crumbs on top. And then, again, yes. that, 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 that glaze, the, the glaze and the powder. Yeah. They're so good, but... But, yeah. If you want a good donut in New Jersey, you have to go down to Delicious Orchards. Have you been there? No. You haven't been there? Where is that? It's in Cold Snack. I don't know where that is. No one knows where that is. No, but there's, where is it's, that? It's, it's a store. It's it's down near Red Bank. It's near Yestercase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, what is it, it called? It's called Delicious Orchards. Okay. And it's just like this one location, and they make their own donuts there. Apple cider donuts. They're like the best donuts ever, and you can only buy them there. I, I must recommend uh, Delicious Orchards. It's, it's a great place, too. Yeah. Did you grow up eating Dunkin' Donuts? Donuts. Uh, yes, yes. Did you like Dunkin' Donuts, or do you like Dunkin' Donuts um, Donuts? Well, since the human hair uh, debate, I was a little turned off, but, uh, you know. Wait, what? They put human hair in, in the Dunkin' no. Donuts at one point. For yeah. real? Yeah. What? Like, like a standard practice? Yeah. Why wait, would you put what? hair in it? Basically... Wait, wait, wait hold okay. on a minute. Yeah. What, what is this? Not any longer. I never but, knew about that. Okay. There's... there's a. Uh, some sort of amino acid called L-cysteine. It's a dough conditioner. You know, like, what is dough? It's like a bunch of wheat with all these little microorganisms. Yeast. Yeah, right. Like, eating it and then expelling gas. Right. And that's how you make whatever. Right. Bread or donuts or whatever, the little pockets of air or the gas from the, the little microorganisms. Yeah. So a dough conditioner is something that makes those little thingies eat faster. Okay. So they found out L-cysteine, this amino acid or whatever, a protein or whatever it is, Make those little suckers go fast. Okay. So they're like, listen, we got to put this L-cysteine in our donuts. Where are we going to get this? Turns out one of the best places to get it from is human hair. So for years, all the barbershops in China, uh, when they're sweeping up the hair, 
they they put the hair in these big bags and deliver it to this factory in China that makes L-cysteine. I think I remember you yeah. talking about and, this on uh, the overnight scape. And, uh, I do remember yes. you talking years and so they, ago. They put the hair in these big vats and they distill the hair down into this into this substance. Oh. And then you put it in your donuts time to make oh. the donuts. You know what that means? America runs on Dunkin'. Chinese donut. America runs on Chinese donuts. But, but I want to say, they you did, know what that they means, did change it. They, you, can, you also can derive it from chicken and, and, and turkey feathers. So it's now, oh. it's now feather-based. It's not human hair-based. Still, that's horrible. Yes. But what it yes. meant before was... So now there are feathers in our donuts. Yes. Before it meant that you know what was in the donuts. <laughs> It's people! Exactly! Wow. You know? Alright, so, so anyway. Soil and green. Yeah. So, now I want to throw up, but... Oh, the green donuts in uh, for, for, for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Those were like soil and donuts. So, literally. So, so, so before you knew about that, though. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. You like Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Did you ever have Krispy Kreme donuts? Yes. Do you like Krispy Kreme donuts? Yes. I, I, I do... Do you like one better than the other? Um, or did you like one better? Well, you know, Krispy Kreme did expand into into this area, and they actually had some of their locations, they made the donuts there. You saw the actual little right. donut factory. Yeah. I yeah. remember there was one in Long Island I saw that did that. And they had one that they just opened in about, like, May of 2001 at the World Trade Center. They had a, a, a Krispy Kreme with the donut factory inside. And then uh, terrorists. they blew up that blew building... Up. No, the donut people were safe. They actually said that on their site. No, the donut employees were not uh, blown up. But that was like the last time they had a good Krispy Kreme. It was at was at the World Trade Center. Right. But you actually there is one at uh, Penn Station, Pennsylvania Station in New York, and I do like them. This is the glazed donuts. I guess I'd have to say that I would prefer a Krispy Kreme if I had to have a donut. You know, what what, what do you think? I mean, what's your uh, point? No, no, I was just asking. Well, the thing is, like, Krispy Kreme, I think it almost seemed like it was around the dot-com age. They were, yeah. like, they, again, all this tricky financing all these companies do, they were, like, expanding massively. And that, I, and I think it was that's when all the carbohydrate stuff was happening. And so oh, there was there was, the a new, there was a new Krispy Kreme everywhere. And now, like, I, was, like I said, yeah. I think it's so weird. It's become, like, this phantom company, kind of like Orange Julius. You know, well, like Quiznos. Where, where, what happened? To all the Quiznos. You know, that there's only one Orange Julius in the entire nor- Northeast. It's, it's at the Willowbrook Mall. Right. It, that's the only one in the. <laughs> it's well, amazing. I was like, like these phantom we, companies. Like what happened? Locally, to them? Oh, no. that was like locally <laughs> Atlanta bread company. I was yeah. just gonna say that locally, you know, Panera Bread was like the first one to have you know kind of like a cafe, cafe type of a sandwich shop. Yeah. You want to call it? Panera Bread came around here. And then there was like, uh, then there was this Atlanta Bread Company. I remember which that. Yeah. I really which liked. Was good. It was yeah. very. It was right it, over here. Didn't they have one in? Uh, it was by, in by, the, by the Acme. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I Ace really liked it. Um, however, I noticed pretty soon that it wasn't going to last because it was never anyone in there other than me. Uh, there were people in there. It was sort of on the off the. Anytime path. I went, there were people. in The there. problem was within a few months of it opening, they. Ooh, a rabbit. A lot of life forms in your yard. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't Very mean. close by, like right next door, there was that giant meg- mini mall where Rob and I went to the Stu Leonard's where we met uh, an Ackroyd. Oh, and the they, Crystal Skull thing? Yeah. <laughs> and so they... Uh, Stu Leonard's. Yeah. They open a corner bakery there, which yeah. is a very similar type of right. restaurant, you want to call it. True, true, true. And immediately, the <laughs> bread... Was out of business oh, really? within Listen, a couple of months. 
The corner bakery, I like going to corner bakery. They have good food. Yeah. The problem with the local location of our corner bakery is that the parking... It's in that strip mall of cups. Remember you yeah. talked about cups? That, that place is, is like... You can't park! There's a whole theory. It's, it's called a lifestyle center. And it's they're, they're trying to create like a shopping experience with music. Right. And there's, there's like a fire pit out there. You can sit around the fire pit. But you're right. There's like no they parking. They didn't put enough parking. It, 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 well, it's well, ridiculous. The main problem there is they have that gigantic gym. Yeah. LA right. Fitness Gym, and that's where everybody parks. Right. Everyone's parking from the gym. That place, it was like they Hated. built they, they built that place, and there was a few stores open, and then like it, they tore half of it down. They built it again during the economic crash of two thousand eight, whatever. Right. And and finally, yeah, I mean, I heard you talk about that on the overnight skate. That these, these places you can't go in, you uh, can't park. And, and the, the one with Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh, that's and yeah. terrible. There again, it's like the parking there. Is, I want to go to Chipotle. This is, it's like this is getting very, it's getting very localized. <laughs> We're but I think about. everyone has the same thing. Like, you, like just they the, open these strip malls. You have to build. You have to the standard strip mall model. You you have a lot of space. You make a giant parking lot, more spaces than you need. Then you put the stores in, right. and then it's pleasant to go there. Right. Why do you think you know? Like on these local towns, like like there's like. I don't know. Is there, is there still a movie theater here in Clifton? And yeah, there's like the, the stores would, yeah. that are on like these roads. You can never park anywhere. Right. You, you don't know. Can I park here for an hour or two hours? I want what? a parking lot. You know, well, that's what exactly. killed yeah. all of the like the downtowns. Yeah, of a lot of towns around here and all over the country was can't you park. can't I mean, park in Nutley, the next town over where, where I live. You know, it's like there's all these side streets. Well, these they businesses. have They never last. Though. Then there's a uh, the, the communal parking lot, but it's not even in the old days. You had to put. Quarters in the stupid nah, parking meters. What I'm gonna? I'll go to a strip mall instead of putting that. Now they don't even have the parking meters. There's these <laughs> cryptic boxes the you can never find. You have to walk half a mile to this box, <laughs> and you still have to put quarters in the thing. And you don't <laughs> have enough quarters. What's up with and then you got to walk back and put it on your car. It's like the most why ridiculous thing. I've never why heard don't they like accept this. anything but quarters? It's 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 outrageous. Like so, I won't. Sometimes I have to go over there, like go to the laundromat, if right. like a big comforter. Right. I just I don't pay anything. I don't even know where to pay. I'm going to be there for five minutes. It's absolutely ridiculous. This this park. Why not make a free parking lot? Is that going to bankrupt the town? Yeah. If they make I a mean, free parking geez. lot, more people will come. I know and it, it, support the local economy. You know right? what it is? It's it's because there's buses to New York. Everyone will park there to commute. That's the problem all around uh, here. Yeah. I, I realize that. I, that. That's probably the problem. Or make it a one hour parking. One Something, hour parking, right? Know, you could but, go get a yeah. dinner. But I, I don't understand how the businesses in this town even last. It's 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 it's, it's ridiculous. Whenever it's so I go down Franklin Avenue in Nutley, it's like, oh, I want to go there. Uh, nowhere to park. All right, keep driving. Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> I, know, I end up. I just end up driving back home I because know. there's nowhere to park. That's how it wasn't. I guess there was no parking. One of these like days, the days, we have to go to that. There's this restaurant. It's 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 been. Is this building has been a restaurant? Like probably five or six different restaurants. Right along the old freight line in Belleville, there is essentially what before. Well, it was a fr it's a freight line now. Once in a while, a train comes through. But many years ago, up until probably I think the seventies, it was passenger uh, trains. It would go down to like Penn Station, Newark. It come start all the way like up up there and come over. So there was a, that was a station there. That's what that building was. Which, I think what's you know the street? Essex Street. I think you know what I'm talking about. The you know Alfano's many, Diner? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. So there's this this restaurant there that they made out of an old, uh, you know, railroad train station, and it's not very big. It's very small. I mean, if there's ten, if there's eight or nine tables in there, I'd be surprised. And I've always wanted to go in there 
just to see how ridiculous it is. Well, in Montclair, there's a... <coughs> but a there, there's like two was... parking spaces. <laughs> in Montclair, they have this... Uh, it used to be called Montclair Station Restaurant, and now it's like some posh place, whatever. Every time I go to Montclair, like, I don't go there that often. Like, it's a whole new... All new businesses. Like, everything closed and a new thing's opened. I know. It's like, it must be like the worst... Like, why does anyone even bother opening a business on that on that main street there? And then there's the church street, the super but high But it doesn't end. make sense because it's always... There's always tons of people walking around, shopping, whatever. But <laughs> they businesses... They do massive business, but I guess it costs so much to start it up. I guess you, yeah. you can't... You can't... <laughs> Because were there like comedy clubs there? Always, every restaurant I used to go to there, there was like an indie. It, it, every time gone. I go there, everything's gone. There's like nothing left. It was, was total gonna, carnage. Also, nowhere to park. I was gonna say, <laughs> parking in Montclair. Forget about it. Um, we were talking about something before about. Well, a- anyway, we talked about before you got here. Tell Frank about the Beanie Baby guy. Because oh. I know you'll like this. Oh, I. Well, there was a, do- a documentary. It's called um, "Bankrupt." I saw that. I saw by Beanie. So you actually, I didn't. I saw it. I watched the whole thing. All right, let's this talk. Idiot about is it. idiot. Bankrupt. First of all, I went over to uh, that strip mall we were talking about, which is uh, called Styre Town Center. Yeah. And I went to the uh, the Jim Bro, which is this like just generic imported Chinese stuff store. But it used to be the Romance Emporium. You yes. remember the Romance Emporium? It was just, it's incredible. And I, just, I found out when they opened it, they, they hired Betty Davis. The, you know, Betty, the actress Betty Davis? When, when Romance Emporium? You know, you know when they used to have a big ribbon in front of the store and they had this giant scissors? Yeah. They hired Betty Davis to open up when the was Romance. This? The 50s. Wow. Or maybe it was like an expansion, but Betty Davis was there. So this Romance Emporium, it was in a strip mall, but it was like a really unique store. It was like one guy's vision for a department store. In Clifton, New Jersey. Right, right in Clifton, New Jersey. In fact, the guy that, the, the guy like Lord or whatever his name is, that, that runs Lord & Taylor, apparently, he went there and he was like raving about it. It's like a great retail. Like, people love this place. Our parents used to love going I, there. <laughs> the Romance Emporium. And the thing, they had every, they, they took they took advantage of Cabbage Patch Kids, apparently. They were they were buying Cabbage Patch Kids from people and selling them for more. So whenever there's like this stupid trend of dolls or something, they always were on it. So this Beanie Baby thing came along. It, was, it just came like out of the blue in like what, like ninety eight or something, ninety yeah. seven. These piece of crap little toys, stuffed animal, little stuffed animal from that were just made in China, like every other piece of junk, and they cost like three dollars, which is what they're worth. Suddenly they're worth like thousands of dollars. <laughs> so Romance Emporium. Like, took advantage of this. They made this huge, like, talking about stock market, huge Beanie Baby stock market. They had these glass, you, you saw it, right? Yeah. Glass cases. That was, this case is worth $160,000. Right. But the absolute best was the Shop at Home channel, <laughs> which I actually played the audio of the few existing clips of yes. this. Was it one yes. with, like, Don West? It was Don West. Yes! Folks, you gotta buy these Beanie Babies. You gotta buy these Beanie Babies. And I swear, it was like it was like six or seven, or maybe it was like more. He's like only twenty nine ninety nine ninety nine. It was like three thousand dollars for like fifteen Beanie Babies. The He's last like, time you yeah. were on the Point Scenes and Show, you talked about you were going through VHS tapes, transferring them to DVD. I was looking for that. And I, it I had was one. The Home Shopping yes. Club. I had. I, I. I. There's a few on YouTube, and then I had one that is not on YouTube. The most that, the most amazing thing, like I never thought that that it could be worth that much money. It was a craze. It was like people were lost. And then, so this thing you're talking about, right? This guy back then, this is like a guy that had a family, right? And he blew all his money. I don't think he spent like what hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars on Beanie Babies at the height of the market on stuffed animals. You know, you had like the Princess Diana bear when Princess Di died. That was instantly worth like eight hundred dollars. 
the Peanuts, the Blue Elephant. I guess that was sort of like the ultimate one. That's sort of like the uh, the Black Lotus of the. Uh, you know, well, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's like when any of the like. But the, now what? Yeah, well, they're so worthless. they're all worthless now. They're absolutely worthless. I mean, you so know, this guy has thousands of beanie babies in his house. Rude. I can't even imagine. He said he would go because this happened recently with those those little Lego collect. You know, little remember this Lego minifigure thing? Yeah. Now they have like fifteen series, but people were like camping out in front of stores. And I saw a it video. Used to be pogs. Now you know the bronies. They're they're camping out of stores to get the My Little Pony stuff. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the difference, are you, though. You're, it's you're not bronies, are you? It's I embarrassing. Are you, I don't no, want to offend no, you. No, but here's, no, here's no. The, come on. Hold no. on. Yes. They, no. I, would never I don't want, want to offend. No. I would never want them. But I do know I have, we have some friends who are into the, to the Transformers, yeah. the Masterpiece re-releases yes. and all, which are very cool looking. I'm going to admit. They're very cool. Yeah. yeah but now, look, I, I do own a My Little Pony, but it's not my fault. You're, you're I'm not a brony. I'm not. All right. But see, you're laughing about the Transformers thing, but if you were to buy one of those, at, if you were to get one at a Toys R Us, they get like one of each, no, two, no, no, maybe no. three. I'm laughing because I would not spend $100,000 on a collection of You can't. Toys. You can't. The only thing that's ever worth money is something that's garbage when you, at first, it's like a stupid little kid's toy. No one ever looked at those things, those old G.I. Joes. You, you bought them for your kids. They beat the crap out of them. They blew them up with firecrackers. That's why they're worth money. How about the fruit? But they're not worth that. It was a box of cereal. Right. It's not worth Nobody thousands of dollars. It. It, they didn't say collector's item. It was a piece of garbage. It was literal garbage. Anything that says collector's yeah. item is not a collector's item. No. So this guy blew it, and it was like, I guess the guy that made the movie was the guy's son. Yeah, and he blew yeah. his whole inheritance on Beanie Babies. And the guy still thinks they're going to be worth money someday. He's like, oh, I might still, I might still get the last laugh. A moron. If you, you, you think? No. Uh, but, <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, there's collect... Basically, so, so wait, so wait, sorry. In, in the movie, did his children end up hating him? Or, or I don't think they, so. they seemed, Did they feel bad for him? Or, they, did they turn out okay? They, they seemed a little bitter about it. Yeah. And like it was something that they they felt like it was you know the father's still a little insane about it. <laughs> so what happened with the company tie that made all the beanie babies? I think they're fine. I mean, they had this bubble, and then I think I don't think I I don't know that they were selling them for that much money. I think they were just selling them for five dollars each, four dollars each. But they weren't still that much money because all right, if I'm the company tie, yeah, yeah. and they're still all around. of a sudden, right, and I'm producing like a yeah. thousand beanie babies a day, and people are buying them here and there. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge demand. And we're like, we have to ramp up production a million a day. And, and people are buying them. And then all of a sudden, two years later, nobody's buying them. But I think, I think part of it... What like, do I do? Like, I'm, I'm the... Com- like, <laughs> I see that they still make stuff, but they, it's like Webkins or something as one of their products. Oh, but I don't know how much I they see. actually made on it. I know that, you know, if you make too many, it's going to be... Like, they had to do, like, limited editions and stuff, right. but... I don't know. I think they were all right. I don't know. Like you just sort of like sit back and let the people go crazy for your product. I don't know. It's yeah. Like, oh, look, I, look at Cabbage Patch Kids. Whatever happened to Coleco? Look, I mean, you know, bankrupt. Coleco's gone. They gone. That was yeah. the only thing that we're making money on. That's one of those brands. You know, that you actually someone a brand acquisition company owns the Coleco name. Yeah. So you could buy it. Like if you want to, you could restart Coleco. Could... They own the, they own the brand. True. You know. Oh. You know what was weird was when was when. If you think, like, when you were growing up in the 1970s and early 1980s, video games, right? You had, it wasn't like Microsoft, and so it was like Magnavox was making video games, and, and, you know, and Coleco was making video games. It was, I don't know, I just find that fascinating, well, a company like Magnavox would make... Well, by the way, you were talking about things, I mean, Nintendo, when the Nintendo Entertainment System came out, Nintendo... 
had limits on how many games a publisher could sell, how many well, they how could, many titles titles they yeah. could make in a year, how many that they right. would ship to each store. So they always kept this was it's always been a Nintendo thing, really. They've always kept the demand just above the supply. Well, and also they knew that these companies would just fling well, out any old well, this dumb right after video game. This is well, right after because the, 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 the Atari twenty six hundred yeah. uh, market was destroyed in eighty three yeah. because there was just an absolute like glut of product. Yeah. So Garden. Yeah. by the way, did you see that the supposedly I think it was a Kickstarter thing. Uh, this this uh, whatever like documentary film crew is going to go to New Mexico uh, and try to find the the, the landfill plot where yes, the ET yes. cartridges were buried. You know, I mean, uh, they're not still there. Right? Uh, the, the problem I, I, I have with that documentary is people like me and I guess Frank too and you that were that are into classic games and know the whole story will find it completely disinteresting and probably insulted by it. And people who aren't interested in it will probably have no interest. Well, so there's no market for it. That's, but, but that's the problem. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm very ignorant of landfills. But if a company wants to throw leftover product into a landfill, don't they do something like steamroll it first or compact it or well, grind what, it? What they did with They're that They're not going to just dig up the dirt yeah. and say, look, what, brand new. What they did with that was back in like 83 or whatever, 84... They dump all the cartridges as is, dump them into their land. It's a private mm-hmm. landfill. Right, it wasn't right, public. Right. They just dumped it in there, and that was it. So and they didn't steamroll. No, no, no. Or... And then over the next few months, this is thirty years ago, people heard about it and would go digging into the mm-hmm. landfill to find the games <laughs> to find a game that they hated, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and so then the town Almagora forced them Atari to go back there, dig everything up move it to another location, and in the process, shred everything. So whatever they dig up now is going to be nothing. It's just going to be bits and pieces. I mean, they could dig anything up and say, oh, look, it's a Atari But in the original, like, what would be the point of digging it up? They're they're worthless. Like, no one wants the game, and they're in horrible shape because they're covered with dirt. <laughs> in your opinion, okay, so so you're a big video game aficionado. Yes. Yes. We're a video game aficionado. So in your opinion, I know that the Atari 2600 game, E.T., the extraterrestrial, has this legendary, horrible reputation as being yeah. this unplayable, glitchy mess of a game. In your opinion, is it that bad? I do remember it being bad. It's I do. I, I, it was I, bad. I, remember, I don't know if I had it, but I remember a friend had it or something trying to play it. As Just a child, I, I, I beat it like, many, many times. To go up out of that... The it was, the it well, was not a fun game. At all. It wasn't fun, but I. It, but it was beatable. I mean, the guy programmed it in like six it weeks. It was beatable. So, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like this horrible, broken disaster no, of a game. It was like it whatever. Was, it, it was a bad game. It was a bad game. It wasn't like the 2600 Pac-Man that a lot of people complain about now. That one I played a lot. I, mean, I, I love the Atari 2600 like Pac-Man. The, the, that, the has, that has gotten terrible. this... Le- another game that had, over the years has gotten this legendary, well, the, the reason, awful the, reputation. Because in both cases, the idiots at Atari produced more cartridges than <laughs> consoles existed. No, but I mean... Atari Twenty Six Hundred Pac Man has now grown the 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 legend the, the the reputation of it has now grown to be like it was this mess of a the, oh. one of the worst games ever compared made. to the other and I'm like what are you Pac-Man? talking about we played bad. this game all the time and we loved it, it was I, fun. I played it a lot I mean it was I mean I, it was I, a fun game we didn't know any better at the time I mean I think that <laughs> at the games that that we had that were 
like sort of infinitely enjoyable, like Missile Command for the, mm. the, the, the VCS originally was like a super great game. The the, uh, the Asteroids, I think even at the time I played Pac-Man a lot, but I didn't enjoy it quite as much as those, you know, the Space Invaders right. were better with, with like 6,000 variations, you know. <laughs> right. It was like in he- semi-invisible, three-shot, moving shields. Static shields, but an invisible cannon. The guy who wrote that was like a savant. He was yeah. like a genius, but he was insane. They actually in- they institutionalized him. Well, I was working for Atari. Yeah. I was listening was to nuts. I don't know if you know. On my show, I have a thing called the Other Side, which is just I constantly looking for music online that's under the Creative Commons license, right. and also audio clips that I can play, and I just sort of sequence them and without commentary, I put them the second half of my show. So there's some Atari ads, and a really early Atari ad it had Pete Rose, Pele, and some other celebrity. And they're like, we have 20 games and 1,300 variations. Right. Back, variations. back then, they, it was amazing. Like, this, no one even knows what a variation is anymore. No, but back then, you had when you bought one of these games, which was like in in 2013 dollars, these games were probably like 100 dollars each, yeah. right? They were like they were like 60 dollars. And I mean, in in, in 1977. Yeah, it's fifty dollars. They were like fifty dollars, and that, like that's like hundred. That's like hundred and fifty dollars now for one game. Right. You would get the you would get the instruction manual. There, there would be this grid, like oh, this game you just bought uh, Dodgem. There's like there's like sixty or seventy different versions of Dodgem. It's invisible, semi invisible, blue green. Right. It was like a whole. It was, it was like it was like hype, but it was kind of cool because you you never played all the variations, but you sort yeah. of felt like there was this possibility that eventually you could play all of them. Right. That Dodgem. I don't know if that was. I played that a lot too. It was just, well, combat was cool because each variation was like different Combat vehicles, planes, yeah. tanks. There's yeah. a certain thing about those early games that there's like a there's a weird like magic to them. Like with combat, you would play it so much like you'd find like on map five, this this little like this little pixel on the right hand side. If you if you approach it at a certain angle, your your entire tank will like warp to another point. Right. <laughs> it was like this this weird thing. You would get so familiar, and so the guy that programmed it, I don't think he put that in there. Right, but it was one of these things like the combat that that was the pack in game with I think one of the very first I don't know was it twenty six hundred yeah the 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 twenty six hundred we played the hell out of that and it wasn't just tanks there was these biplanes triplanes it was jets the jets it was uh, but I yeah but but those really early games there was something about them like like uh, capture the uh, flag capture yeah these games that were like impossible even to understand like what is what is what is flag capture I don't even (laughs) get it. But there was something about it because you felt like there was this mystery to the game that you were going to discover. Yes. They were so weird, so blocky, that this there was this sense of magic. And as things got more realistic, I know people talk about that, like the, not so much necessarily in the arcade games, but those really early Atari games, just this weird magical feeling of, of possibility. That I, I still feel remember like, that feeling. Absolutely. And I feel like some people might say, well, it's just because you're getting older. But I, I feel like... As I've gotten older and I've gotten more and more um, technically, you know, knowledgeable about this stuff and how games are... Like, back then, it was like, how do they make this? This is so magical. So now, of course, the magic is gone. I know how all this stuff is made. But, like you were saying, too, I think the the really imaginative, abstract nature of the of those, like, surreal, abstract yeah. nature of those old games compared to how literal a game is now... I feel like it really was magical. It Even was. if it was bad, it was still magical. And, it, and and you can't really reproduce that because it was in this time where we didn't really understand a lot about what could be done with video games or even sort of how they were made or anything. Right. That gave you this that, this sense. Like, there are people... Well, there was no formula or, yeah. or, or expectation. 
There actually was a game only on those flashback units. It's called Wizard, I think. It was the last four, 4K cartridge they made. That kind of... I've only played it a little bit, but you know the game I'm talking about? Is it where there's an invisible swirly yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. never released, but I... I it was I, good. I always imagined that that would have been a game that had that kind of feeling. Because it's kind of this really blocky maze, and you, you, you were trying to find this something invisible by the sound. The sound, right. All these games were very, they were very vague back then, but you would fill it in in your mind, and it would just become this... And then also... For me, Berserk, how, how Berserk. stark it was, yeah. right? But it another, was like the black background and this weird, like, you never knew when the smile face would pop up, Evil exactly. Otto, and it was like, that was a scary game. But now, <laughs> Stick figures. you gotta remember, a big part of that Atari experience was those giant old TV sets. Did you have the TV sets that was like a piece of furniture? Yeah, yeah. Like a, a console. Like a wood, like a wood veneer. Yeah. And when you turned it on, it was like, chum, Yeah, yeah. So playing, playing the games on that. It looked different. It sounded different. Yeah. You, you know, you true, can use true. it. I don't even know if there were any of those TVs left. Even, like, no one even has any tube TV. There's a few here and there. I got rid of them all mine. Yeah. But that's There's the one actually, thing. Believe it or not, um, not the old, old ones, but the newer tube TVs that were probably made in, like, the last 10 years or so um, that have, like, a flat... They're still CRTs, but they have, like, a flat, a flat screen. Yeah. screen, and they have, like, component input... The, the classic gamers love those because oh, really? they think it well because they're like a... because they're the best like picture you could get best like interface you could get with it still being a CRT like and the light guns still working oh, on okay, it and everything okay. like there, that yeah there's there's I mean not me but there's a lot of like whatever retro gamers who are like oh no companies don't make CRTs anymore this te- these <laughs> The TV that I have isn't going to last forever. Yeah. Let me stock up and start hoarding <laughs> CRTs. Yeah, those guys are nuts. And it's like that's that's where I draw the line because when it comes to video game collecting, listen, I idolize what we just talked about—the experience of playing those old games on those TVs. I realize I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. I, I I did it, and it's like it's to, to try to recreate that is too burdensome. You can't. I started going down the road of collecting these games back in the '90s. And I was hoarding mass amounts. I had like five TI-99s. I had every system. I had multiple uh, 2600s. I had everything. I had uh, two Vectrexes. I had Ugh. Intellivision. I had the Intellivision Aquarius. The only thing I didn't have was an Atom. That was the only thing. I had everything else. I had Turbo Graphics. I had the Turbo Express. I had everything, every single thing. And I saw my life was box after box after box of wires and connectors. And I, know. and, and I, know. I got rid of everything. I'm so happy because, you know what? Psychologically, it's all on the emulator. And and I just I had to get rid of it. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I think you have to be super organized to collect video games. Your entire house will be full of these these shelves uh, that are just u- ultra organized. Take you years to put it together, and then you have this static collection of boxes and stuff. And to some people, that it'll, it'll make you happy. But to me, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm like a klutz. I'm messy. I cannot handle that kind of stuff. It will never it will never be organized. So I had to give it up. And then. So, so I, I was I was doing that in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I was hoarding all these video game consoles and like, wow, here's a Game Gear, here's a Turbo Express and a Saturn. Everything. Yeah, but yours were all in a closet. <laughs> no, well, first of all, they weren't. But second of all, I realized it's like I was trying to preserve something or recreate yeah. something, but then, but but like at some point in time, I just realized, you know. I'm just not playing them. 
I'm just not. Like, let's face the facts. I'm yeah. not playing. I don't have the time. Uh, that's, that's and just... when I do have the time, I'm spending it doing something else. Right? Yeah. And then the, the other aspect of it is, is is the historical preservation stuff. But there's I know there's other people doing that. Right. And that I know if I go on Atari Age, I can see a scan of every box of every right. Atari game ever. And all of that information is out there. I, my, I'm not going to help anymore with that. Right. So that would be the only other reason. Because if there weren't that many people into it, and you're one of the only people preserving it, you know... Like, I have a, a collectible. For a few years, Del Monte was uh, another food thing, but they were putting... They had boxed vegetables, but they were not frozen. In, in, instead of canned vegetables, they had boxed vegetables. Right. So I have one of those boxes. Probably no one else in the world has that. But no one cares about it. But I'm going <laughs> to well, keep it because it's like, I may be the only person that has it. One of the They were like, like, like peas. Yeah. Collectible peas. Right. But with the games, like just like with comic books, I mean, there's people that have poured over every possible video game that ever came out. Right. This Chase the Chuck Wagon, the the whatever Scotch the, the Scotch version of that Vectrex game that's worth hundred thousand right. dollars. Like they all have all that Stadium stuff. Stadium events. You right. know. So I don't I like I'm not gonna help in that regard. And right. if I ever need to play it, you you can I have like name on my phone, you can get sell on your phone, you well, can have you're, all those you're, you're now you're just a digital hoarder. Well, I've actually sort of cut back a little bit on that. I mean, my my ROM set for Mame is definitely about a year or two old. But uh, well, yeah. I can't. You were. I remember another oh, time you were explaining to me the ROM set, and I just couldn't understand. I'm like, why isn't there one set? No. Well, one ROM. Set. Oh. well for, for the phone version of there's several phone versions of Mame, but uh. I got the older one because I didn't care about having the, you know, the the 150 gig version. <laughs> you know, so I I got the one that's more like you know. It, only if like 1.5 gigs. Or something. Know, incidentally, I've been reading from some people I know have been been, been reading things and, and saying about it. Um, the Ouya. Yeah. Now, yeah, I know it's <laughs> stupid, but they're saying that it is like for emulation, it is like the ultimate. Oh, really? Right now, other than using your PC or something yeah. like that, they're saying like it can play like almost everything now. Yeah, but isn't it like? I thought that the understanding was, oh, I'm gonna do this Kickstarter. I'm gonna get the Ouya. Out of the box, I'll install some emulators. And then I thought I was reading well, it's online. An Android it's like, well, well, no, not out of the box. You, you have to hack it and put this yeah. other ROM. And then and it's I like... I don't know about that. Well, no, no I, I think hard. that they... I, Is it easy to do? I don't know, because I, I know that... It's Android. I know, no, but, but I no, thought you had to go through some No, but it, but it has... No, it steps. has... No, I don't know if you're allowed to si sideload things uh, out of the box. No, right? no, no, Maybe no you hold have, on. You have to you hack into it. You can't do that with commercial releases, like new games. Yeah. But you can put, like, the old ROMs on there. There's but I'm saying, how do you get the emulators, that. though? Like, you, just you have to them. hack the Android. I think so. I think so. The maybe Ouya, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Ouya, Even if like you just do the, the one idea at the wrong time. I mean, I, they had to, maybe they could just figure out a way to hook up your phone to a, a you know, like, you, everyone already has an Android. They have, a, yeah, right. have your phone. Right. Yeah, but it's not going to be as pa powerful enough. I guess I don't phones know. Are, they're no, they're quad core. Are they gonna giga RAM? Is a phone gonna run like a Dreamcast emulator? Come on, it, no, it might. No, but, but anyway, I have whatever. I have PlayStation Three, and I I I have to say, having been a classic gamer from the classic age, I was really the original PlayStation. I was really disgusted with because it seemed to really change the focus of games. Yeah. But honestly, PlayStation Three to me has been. To me, is like a like the greatest video game experience. Well, people that I've had. rave I mean, about. The, I love it about the uh, intellectual properties that they that they've made it's recently. Just, it's just incredible. Like the the pinball arcade on there, it's like the greatest pinball emulator ever. There's yeah. so many great games. I mean, well, that's on PC the, too. Yeah. Well, not yet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Still coming uh, in a few weeks. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, like, I was just playing today, like, different free roam games. I was playing, um, you know, uh, Saints Row 3, you know. And there's just something about leaning back with the controller. I hate all that crap you're waving. Oh, I'm going to wave a wand to uh, play a game. No. You sit back. Move. You're not moving. It's, and you just have that controller. It's wireless now. It's fine. It's great. And you're just doing stuff. And that, to me, that's the classic video game experience. If you're just static, you're not moving. There's a screen in front of you, and you're doing stuff. And uh, to me, the PS3 has just been great. So it's, you know, it's, it's a great video game experience. I find these days, I don't know why, but I, I actually enjoy sitting at the computer or the or the tablet or whatever just sitting there and just going on youtube and it's like you know i i, I never got around to playing that game and i'm just gonna watch a video of someone uh, play it i agree cause it, and it sounds stupid there was but a, it's like i i don't i find it really fascinating there was this game portal 2 like i played yeah, the, i yeah, played yeah. the first portal right and i thought it was okay portal 2 i'm like i i, I just watch it Right, because it's like, <laughs> and then I don't need it, to it's play. Mostly, it. It's just like watching a cartoon. It's right. not really like yeah. the, the gameplay is just kind of like you know you just solve a puzzle. But I felt like I played the game because right. you you just watch it. Exactly. You know, it's like I don't know. And somehow these people are. I guess there's not a copyright issue. They just let, like let's play game X. Right. And it's uh, so many. I they, love that. They've so allowed I, I like it. That, well, know? Nintendo was trying to stop it. Yeah. All the other ones yeah, kind they, of allowed they it. <laughs> How do you, all right, so how do you feel about the X-Bone or the yeah. Xbox One? Well... And, and this whole <laughs> mandatory connect, even though even though it doesn't have gone, to be on. It backtracked on everything. I know, but it doesn't have to be on, but it still has to come with it. Well, it, this reminds me a little bit of um, the 3DO, remember? <laughs> and also the... the That's the, not good. And, and, the, <laughs> and the CDI. That's not good. Because... Video game consoles, all of these computers are so similar. Your laptop, your phone, the cable box on your TV, your video game system, your right. DVD player, Roku. your Blu-ray player, your Roku. They're all little computers that have you know that you can look at on your TV. So I think it's really important when you have a video game system that it just be a video game system. Right. And the, the CDI, this is a long time ago, and the 3DO where it became edutainment systems. They started, they started having, oh, it's not just a video game system. You can educate your children. You can do this, right. that, and the other thing. CD-ROM. Yeah. So, to me, the Xbox One is like, it's a video game system. It's an entertainment system. You talk to it. Yeah, it, but it follows your life. It does everything It's a cable it's, box. It, it was, it's a it, yeah, streaming so device. To me, the, uh, and, yeah. yeah, but the PS4 is doing that also now. Because Sony is starting uh, to do television Yeah, but they channels. don't have a camera that comes But I feel, like, like, to me, the PS3, yes, to me, it, it, they get it. It's a video game. That's all it is. It's a, it's a video game. You have a controller. You play games on your TV. Yes, that you have YouTube on there, a few things, but it's really focused on just being a video game well, system. That's, yeah, I know. That's why it's the long-standing argument: is are they finally just going to cut it over so it's everything's digital download, and then you don't need a console anymore? Well, just use your PC. Like personally, on the I hate buying a box game. I don't. Buy, I try not to buy anything for my my yeah. PlayStation. I just download it. Exactly. I can't trade it in. I, I I can't do anything with it. It's just on the hard drive. But I much prefer that. I, I, I don't want to get up and change a disc. It seems like right. so 90s. Oh, why would I have a disc? Well, here's I'm going to put thing. it in my, my, was, my game. It's like, what? Pete, how many people have an iPhone? Um, not that many. Millions. Anymore. No, millions. <laughs> millions. Yeah. And an Android yeah. phone. Yeah. And a BlackBerry phone. And a Windows phone. Yes. People have never, ever, in the history of smartphones, ever said... Uh, digital download. I don't truly own a physical copy. I can't trade it in. What if I want to? Some. What if my friend wants to borrow it? They go on the app store and they buy the app. Now yeah. I know it's only a few dollars, but they buy the app. 
but but for some reason with with a dedicated video game console people are like so resistant to to download only see I, this is what i think i think like for me i i would just i, I prefer to download on all of them anyway uh, me too care. because because i guess because other people i think financially trading in games somehow helps them buy new games or yeah, something. I guess. I or guess. people true. share them among themselves. So there's a different like culture of, of, of gaming. True, true. So And there's uh, still a great area of the of the United States that doesn't have great broadband or any broadband. Yeah. Downloading so is just not gonna be I don't know that I don't know that what Xbox was trying to <laughs> accomplish was a terrible idea, but I just think like maybe a video game console is a terrible idea. It's just a computer. Right. Like well at this point yeah, like like really. why not like the only thing you have to continue what makes it distinct from a computer. Right. You have a computer, you have HDMI cable. Right. You can plug a, a controller into it. You can play a game on your TV, but it's a pain. How are you going <laughs> to plug this thing in? You have to right. wire the thing around. Right. What kind of controller are you going to get? Like, it's so close though to being that, right? So I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for them. It's, it's like this illusion, like the. It's just yeah, but you know what the problem is though. Most kids, I would say, and a lot of people now, they don't even have a PC. They have a tablet. Maybe they have a laptop. They don't have a yeah, PC. Yeah, but that's a PC. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a. I don't have yeah, a. Who, who, that, you want to play your version. play your video game on a, on a tablet? Controller. No. What's a controller? Yeah, but that's not going to be. It's not <laughs> hooked up to a TV. No, you hook it up to a TV and you use a. It's not going to be as good graphics. Once the next thing comes with the goggles, it'll all be gone anyway. Yeah. You'll sure. have the goggles. Everything will be uh, cloud services, and uh, that'll be the end of all that. And <laughs> in, in ten years, we'll be talking about. Remember, they had actual little boxes you hook up to your TV. And... All right. So uh, <laughs> one last thing had a couple of celebrity deaths. Maybe Frank uh, knows some. I know of one. People are. Uh, one of them. Uh, she was born July 1st, 1939. She died August the 9th, 2013. She was 74. Karen Black. Do you remember yeah. Karen Black? Yeah. I just remember her oh, from remember. The, the, the Night of a Thousand Corpses. Thing. Yeah, no, she was like really, she was a cult hero. She was in a bunch of movies. And um, I don't know, she had that kind of, her eyes had like a weird look. She was cross-eyed yeah. or something. Uh, and there was actually a band called the voluptuous horror of karen black or something you know about this band no she was like this cult figure because she was in all these bad movies and she was nude i think often yeah but um, she didn't have like she didn't have a a, a really attractive face i, I don't think yeah, well, so. well that's what i said like her eyes were like it was like a kind of a, yeah. an odd face weird looking but i know like on facebook the people that a lot of people that i am friends with on there were like going off about on about about karen black i was like um, whatever Hmm. But I, I remember her being this kind of cult figure because yeah. of the way she looked, because of the movie she was in. I can't get any internet connection. Yeah, no. So uh, it's not going. It's not. My own, I'm not. It's not coming through. Anyway, Three so uh, and the other one was uh, born September third, nineteen thirty-five. Died July twenty-eighth, nineteen uh, two thousand thirteen. Seventy-seven was Eileen Brennan. That's the one I saw That's from Clue. Oh, no, and I remember she was in a lot of movies back then. Yeah. Also, they, they said Private Benjamin as well. Yes, uh, Private Benjamin. Yeah, and uh, she was one of those people that like I never really like. I remember seeing her, but I never really thought about her. Like, if Eileen Brennan is in a movie, like <laughs> right. she's not someone that you like. She was just like there. She's she like was a character there. actor. Yeah. Well, she was. Yeah, she was like she had like a raspy voice. She was just funny. Yeah, but she was so Private Benjamin was um, with uh, Goldie Hawn, yes. right? Right. So Goldie Hawn's daughter was in this movie you guys talked about last time. Clear history. Oh, I, you know, I didn't the, actually watch uh, that. I, I, I just watched out, it yeah. last night. Should okay. I even bother? <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it? No. I thought you watched it. Like, no, we were just talking about it. it was coming oh. up. 
Yeah. Is it good? So what's her name, the daughter? Uh, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson is in it, yeah. Well, it's Larry David. Yeah, it's Larry David. Was it funny or... Th- thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down? I, I had to say very much in the middle. Okay, it's, all right. It's all like right. it's very half baked. Like you, you can see what the idea was, but it was it was. You, you know how you watch the Larry David show, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. yeah. Like you know, like early on, they were very, they took it very seriously, and they did the great comedy. Then they started improvising a little bit on the set, and sometimes it would work. Right. And then, as later in the series, they got really full of themselves and got really cocky, and all this improv- improvisation that was just not funny and they kept doing it and, and I guess all the people around them couldn't tell them because they're so famous and popular right. they can't tell them that, that their improv is sucking right. that's what this movie was like to me the Larry David group of people like a lot of the people that are on Curb Your Enthusiasm like you know the black guy on Curb Your Enthusiasm oh, JB's yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, like, like he's he's in it and they're doing that same kind of like really indulgent like yeah. uh, like um, just improv right. that they think is good but it's it's they have no way of knowing what it looks like to a regular person watching it. I think right. the, it just gets worse and worse. The problem with it is they um, – here's the difference. In the early seasons, for whatever reasons, even while they were doing the improv, it was still fast. Right. You know, they were always coming up with things, yeah. but it was still quick. It was like fast moving. Yeah. And then it got to the point where it was like the same guest stars all the time, you know, the Super Dave Osborne yeah. or and they just kept doing the same shtick over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, and you could tell amongst themselves, they were like, there was, there was like little pauses where they're kind of waiting for like, okay, was that it? Was that, that was, was that your joke? I mean, no, I, I, I know. And that's the problem with that kind of thing because they lose, I think they lose the ability to gauge how it's working. So the movie is sort of like, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's playing basically the same character, yeah, well, but it's like a different character, different what else story. Is he play? And, and there's too many celebrity cameos in it. Yeah. And the the first of all, Liev Schreiber, Liev Schreiber, the only this guy was born one day after I was born. So to, oh, wow. to me, he's like the celebrity born closest to when I was born. So look at all he's accomplished. I'm thinking he's 45 just like me. And look at me. I what am I accomplished? I've done a thousand podcasts. And this guy is like super famous, About a Hollywood 2000. guy. He's like he's when he's younger than me, one day younger. Wow, 2000 man. podcast. He has a new show too. Yeah. Ray Donovan on Showtime. But um pretty good. Yeah. But but the uh the worst thing in the movie or the best thing was there's this character. He's kind of like this crazy guy, like an old sailor guy or something. And you're like, "Who is that? Who is that?" And it right. turns out after a while you realize it's a Michael Keaton. Ah, yes. And and it's like and he, and he and everything you think about Michael Keaton like what happened to this guy? Right. He was the most famous actor ever. He was an A-level Dude. star and like in one year he just collapsed into nothing. I know. And he and looks exactly like you like would imagine. He looks just like old, decrepit, shriveled, shriveled up, like just completely but I love like him. what happened to that guy? I he was Beetlejuice. Him. He was Batman. He was everything. What is? What, he was. He was he multiplicity. Did. He was Mr. Mom. He was. Yeah. What happened? Gung Ho. What was the one with the? Uh, <laughs> well, he, he with the uh, Henry, Henry Winkler. What? what was that one? Oh, Night Shift. Night Shift. Yeah, That's a great movie. <laughs> so he's. So, but all the celebrity. Like I hate movies that have too many celebrity. Because again, yeah, it feels distract. It, it feels indulgent. All it's the improv. Forced. All of the celebrity. Oh, here's my celebrity friends. Let's let's all, all right. be funny together. Right. It just it makes it less entertaining. What is it about Larry David that he can write brilliant, the best TV shows ever, but every movie is bad? Well, like, whatever <laughs> works. Oh, oh God. Listen, not bring that up. Woody Allen wrote that, like, 30 years ago, and he, he used it because there was a writer's oh, strike or something. 
and originally Woody Allen was going to play the character, but he, of needed, he needed someone a lot younger, so he got Larry David. Oh boy, what is wrong? Seriously, what is wrong? So, so you're a little older than we are. Yeah. So maybe you were around for the whole Woody Never Allen thing. Seen I don't it. know, but can't watch any of them. Someone my age looking at Woody Allen movies, yeah, it comes across to to me as as. This old, decrepit, disgusting-looking guy <laughs> always putting himself in parts in, in his movies where he ends up with a 20-year-old attractive woman. Well, wouldn't you? That's, what is this guy's like, problem? He's brilliant. You know, that's, but, that's like, but it's like... I know, every movie is like that, yeah. Even, yeah, but even the old, the <laughs> old, so unbelievable. even the old Woody Allen is, it's, I can't watch it. It's so well, I think it's like a discombobulated mess. <laughs> Annie Hall, one best picture, beating Star Wars. Annie Hall is a great movie. You just have to watch Annie Hall just by itself. Can't. No, just watch Annie, Annie yeah. Hall is fantastic. I'm dead, dead, Shut up! No. Well, it's, I, it's I, like, I, like, I like Woody York. Allen. You it's know. the New Year. Well, I can't. just can't yeah. watch. He makes an, another movie every year. and like Some of them are good. I, I, I see some of them. Uh, what was the one I saw recently? Well, Whatever Works was not a great movie. No. But, um, what was some more recent movies that he made? I don't even know. Vicky they, Christina they just, Barcelona. They just blur yeah. together now. Yeah. I saw that this. He he wrote something like his, like, yeah. In one of those magazines, he wrote like his um, thoughts on life, and it was it was like idiotic. Like I thought the guy was a genius. I I, for, I forget exactly what he said, but he's like sometimes in life you have to just sit back and do not like what. Like I thought this guy was smart. Wait, I, it's funny that you say that because I thought about this the other day. I, I don't. know. I just get these random ideas that pop into my head, and I thought about this the other day, and I said, you know what's what's so disappointing about life. Is that growing up and I'm listening to all this music, which I, I, I found so brilliant and fascinating and, and, and like video games and movies and like all these actors and everything. And then going throughout life and, and either seeing interviews with these people or, or in our case, actually meeting a lot of these people. And it's just like. God, you're like you're kind of a dummy. It's like what the like you how did you create this brilliant thing when you're so vapid and stupid? I, I it's it's amazing. And it's so it's, disappointing. It's, it, everything is based on illusions, you know? Like everything everything's like the Wizard of Oz, you know, pay no attention to the man behind true, the curtain. True. All these celebrities that you're right. It's like this weird image. But you do we all do it too. We add all this information. We we only hear limited stuff about a person. Oh, George Lucas made Star Wars like back. Oh, he must be this great genius. Right. Little did we know he was like this in, insane, completely OCD, OCD megalomaniac, like psychopath. <laughs> but we thought we just assumed like, oh, he's this genius who made up C three PO. Like right. this guy is amazing. Indiana Jones. I didn't know anything about Metropolis. All of this, the the Foundation trilogy, everything that he swiped to make that movie. That, but that's the thing. That innocent child, Star Wars, great. There's George Lucas. You know, he made yeah. it. He's great. But it's it's our fault for for projecting that on these people. True, true. You know, true. I mean, they're they're just these like just look at yourself and the people you know. They're exactly like that. True. A little more talented, maybe a little luckier, whatever. But even even <laughs> someone like one of the all time greats, like uh, you'll probably laugh at this, but like take Paul McCartney for yeah. example. Yeah. And I know you're gonna. Laugh, I, I, I'll I'll forego the Paul is dead stuff. All of this Beatles stuff, right? Like yeah. Sergeant Peppers and the Whiteout, like yes. musical yeah. genius, and, yeah. and yeah. so like. He he was always at like the zeitgeist of music, yeah. And, and then like just seeing him in interviews, it's just like so vapid, <laughs> yeah, and 
I mean, he's, he seems like a nice, cool guy, but just like, what? Like, this is the genius I've been worshipping my whole life? I had a similar thing. It was, what the uh, hell? Like, <laughs> right? Or, or like Brian, like an interview with Brian Wilson. He's just talking. Oh, that's and like, no. Wait a minute. That's and it's just like, wait, what? Fair. But you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Well, I, I was just watching a, a Duran Duran do a, a VJ uh, gig in like 82. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like completely just like goofy young kids, you know? Like right, they, they were right. they weren't these like you see them in the videos and singing, you think they're like all serious, like real geniuses and they're just like goofing around and saying stupid things. Yeah. Nirvana. Like you like, think these, yeah, exactly. they interview Kurt Cobain, and they're all goofing at and I'm just like this is the guy I'm well, holding for, up yeah, on such a they, their their gift was musically, lyrically, it wasn't no, I necessarily know. I, Hey, uh, I'm I'm so so and so, and I invented this or that. No, but I mean, like Frank says, we project like yeah. hearing this great life changing music and this socially changing music. It's like yeah. I just assumed that they were, must have been intelligent. Like everything this guy says must be gold, and it's uh. like nothing this guy says is gold. It's did you hear? Did you see that story about the uh, Nirvana's like first performance? This this yeah. guy he ran a Radio Shack in Washington State or something. And, like, Nirvana, the very first time they performed was in this radio shack. Oh, really? And the guy videotaped it, right? Nice. So, uh, good. That was good foresight. Yeah. So there's Kurt Cobain and whatever that other drummer guy was. Chad Channing. I think it was even another one. I don't know. Oh, Dale Crowe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the guy's like, you know, when Kurt Cobain uh, died, this was a news report from some local station, and they show bits and pieces of this video. And he's like, yeah, I taped this. And he's like, I'm giving the only copy of it to uh, to, to, to Kurt's wife. To no, no. So it's lost. It's lost. You, you know, she probably just threw it in garbage. It's in, it's in there. It's gone. The mess of a house. He's like, it. it was the greatest thing I could do is to give Courtney Love the gift of this video. Oh, God. <laughs> the worst thing he could have done. See, now, That's in comparison, sad. if you had done that, if you had something from the Beatles and gave it to Yoko Ono... It would be immediately sold. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could get it the next day. Yeah, store. Yeah. So, yeah, so while we're on the topic of music, <clears throat> so you know how historically throughout you know the the twentieth century and, and it's a never ending episode. Yes. And, well, sorry if you have to go. No, but, I'm fine. I'm okay. Good. So <laughs> historically, because look, you know, like I'm a musician and I yes. love music and whatever, and you love music. We all love music. Yes. So historically, like in the twenties, you had. Uh, whoever was like the big guy, Frankie the, Valley, or Frank, no, no, twenties, no, Rudy Valley, Rudy Valley, Rudy and, Valley. And, and and Louis Armstrong, and and uh, whatever Al Jolson, Billy Murray. Well, he was more in the teens. Yeah. Al Jolson, maybe whatever. No. I, I don't know. Again, I'm pretty ignorant. But and then in the 30s, you had who? And then the 40s, like Bing Crosby, Bing Crosby and yeah. Frank Sinatra. In the 50s, you had. Elvis. You had Elvis, of course, Ashley like Merman, all, all them, of yeah. these, all of these world changing, yeah, icons, yeah. And of course, in the sixties, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, all these people, seventies, you know, like David yeah. Bowie, <laughs> like, like again, yeah, just socially, yeah. like creating all these trends and and just socially yeah, absolutely. changing Did you hear the Bowie's world. new album. I, uh, I think I, I heard it. I heard I that it was so, pretty good. In the eighties, of course, Michael yeah. Jackson, Madonna. Whatever. Duran Duran. The 90s. Yeah, Duran Duran. Get to the point. The 90s. This is the point. The 90s, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. And then we hit a wall. And then what? Yes! <laughs> right? It's not just me. Is, no, it, it's, it's, is it just me? It's. What has happened? I Can I say my theory first? I have a theory as well. My, my theory is, and I think this, especially when you look at rock, my theory is so much of rock and roll grew and developed 
in conjunction with technology that they had available and that they were developing. And it got to the point where now there's no new technology that you could do for, quote, classic rock to change it in any way. And nobody's really going to come out and say, I'm going to make a new song. And then people are going to be like, well, wait a minute, that sounds like the Rolling Stones. That sounds like Led Zeppelin. That sounds like Van Halen. I don't want to hear that. So that's, you, you get painted in this box, so there's nowhere else to go with rock. It's done. The only place, <laughs> seriously. That's so depressing. Well, I'm just saying, the only place left to go is in this pop, crazy world uh. that, that started with, like, Moby and, and, uh, the, what's the, 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 two, the Chemical Cold Brothers. And, no, like Coldplay. <laughs> That it, that it, brothers are good. There's like nowhere else to go technology in terms of technology, yeah. except in, completely into this like fake realm that you have now. It's virtual music, right? It's the only place I left have, to go. Even, yes. But even bands who go in the studio with a guitar and drums or whatever, it's so electronically processed and altered that what it's, you get, the, the end result is virtual. Well, music. there are bands like I don't know if you know Electric Wizard, but it's it's Doom know. Sludge. I don't, I don't know. But they record on old analog equipment. But here's the, here's my theory. This is a bit out there, but oh boy, imagine that that we are um, living in a dome, right? And we are like these. There's on CBS. <laughs> yes, that show is horrible. I've oh never God. watched it. I, I, I watched I a few episodes of it. it. It was one of the, the first episode was okay, and I, every other episode I've seen it. I stopped watching it. It was horrible. But then people are obsessed with it. I hate that show. When when Time Warner dropped CBS locally mm. and the people at Time Warner, people were people are going nuts. Go, I can't watch the Dome. Why are you watching that? that? It's terrible. All right. So imagine yeah, anyway. imagine there's a mad scientist, right? right? Who's like, you know, I want I want to create little dwarves to be my slaves. <laughs> okay. okay. And he 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 takes he genetically engineers like a like a, an embryo to to make the new people short. And, and and like 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 really like twisted and very malleable. You can tell them what to do, and they'll they'll serve you. Right. And they and they only live to be about fifteen years old. And you can do whatever you want with them. So he starts breeding these creatures to be his, like his servants. And some of his friends love it. They have all these little ser- servant dwarves. But then other people get get a uh, you know learn about it. They're like, this is horrible. You can't have servant dwarves. Like this is completely unethical. You can't do this. Right. But at the same time, those people are like, listen, what are we gonna do? Kill all of these dwarves? No. We're going to put this enclosure, put them in this dome. So meanwhile, we, the regular humans, we live to be 100 years old. We're really creative. We're really smart. And these these poor dwarves having their own society in this dome. Yeah. So the idea is that we are the dwarves, and there's a taller, greater, thousand-year living Anunnaki humanoid that made us. So we're not good at making music, right? Humans are not good at writing music. All the music that we think of as good music, like the Beatles or... You know, uh, some of the Michael Jackson songs and the Nirvana songs, they're all written by these extraterrestrials. <laughs> and they choose these people like Kurt Cobain or John Lennon, and either through mind control or dreams or something, they give, give them these songs. And, at it, and, and once the internet started, somehow they decided they're not going to give us any more songs. <laughs> so around 94, the, the, the supply of songs got cut off. We had to fend for ourselves, making our own music, and look at the <laughs> look at what happened. I would I would say honestly, I'm not even joking around. <laughs> I, like my I noticed better. it. I, I'm being dead serious here. I noticed it toward the end of 1996. 
Well, the, the, was, the it shift, was like it was like a yeah. lever was pulled. What, what happened? Holding back the music. And no, what, what, it really. What, I swear what, to God, the end of 1990s, like late 96. Yeah. I noticed what really happened was you, what what happened. This is not just a music thing. You could say this about a lot of industries and and forms of entertainment. It's the same story. What happened was, and all of the record companies and 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 places at companies like MTV. And, and magazines and all those things that were, even though they were corporations, they were run by people who had grown up in the business and they knew the business. They knew all that kind of stuff. And those people, like, died off, essentially, and they were replaced with accountants, basically. And you could say this about a lot of different industries. And when it came to be where it's run by accountants, there's no creativity. You could say the same thing about TV Video in a lot games. of cases. Movies. You can't get a decent movie anymore. They're all the same movie. Video game. Video game. Whatever. Well, there's still a little bit. Video games, you can still kind of get away with it. You can kind of do your own thing, but in, in a sense. but Indie. With, indie games. But with music, every in a sense, everything music that came out of like classic rock was indie. They all started somewhere, you know, playing like bars and dives and that kind of thing. You can't do that anymore. You will go nowhere. But. But as as we experienced with Fuzzy Dog, well, well, we yeah. tried to have a band, and then like it's like impossible to do anything with it. It was after 1996. I know it was it was you know. But here's my. Big I thought song. we had good music though. So yeah, but MTV work. was one of the biggest outlets, and around that time they started shifting to reality. They stopped and, yeah. showing pop. music video. Yeah. No, well they were showing like pop or, or sorry, and that they, kind they, of stuff. they started. That was when the music video content started to dwindle. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Well, like you'd have a show like Syphil and Ollie or Beavis and Butthead, they show yeah. a few videos. Right. right. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I never listened to the radio. Very rarely. I just watched music videos. Yeah. That and was, that was it. I would watch 120, uh, 120 minutes on MTV and I would buy all my stuff based on So that. I remember yeah. in high school, again, around this time, I could, MTV would never have videos. And VH1, if they had videos, was all old. Fleetwood Mac and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it was that. all real like, old stuff. The, old gonna pay attention to that. the only right. way you could listen to, to watch the new stuff was on those crappy pay-per-view channels. The box. Remember the jukebox. Yes. box. Yes. The box and all you would that. have to call up and... I, I, I have a distinct memory of... A box. I wanted to see the, the, the Beck loser video, which had just come out. <laughs> so I dialed the number and I spent like... Ten dollars. Yes, and it took like hours for it to come ah. on. Well, yeah, I was you, sitting and it was on a queue. It was, yeah, I was sitting there for hours and finally it came on. So we, we did that with Weird Al video. Yeah, it was like the new uh, the box. The, the, I love the box. <laughs> Jurassic Alapalooza. Yeah, that was good. The box. So, I mean, the video quality was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't it was, matter back then. It, it looked like the they uploaded it in RF. Three hundred twenty pixels. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at work, um, we play like we have this sound system in, in our studio, and it's like we can put on Pandora and put on a stage. So my coworkers pick a station. Like let's say they'll pick like indie rock or whatever. Yeah. Now indie rock is supposed to be. You know, people say, well, well, of course you think music is bad. You're listening to the mainstream stuff, the chart stuff, the pop stuff. You gotta listen to the indie stuff. Oh no! So they put on the current indie stuff, no, and I'm like, oh, no, this no, is no. this I'll, is I would equally. Ab- I would listen to Katy Perry a thousand times before the current and indie. This rock. is like it's like and this goes back to my theory <laughs> that, as I said, the technology it can go no. You can't do anything else. With technology, I know, but technology anymore. doesn't affect. Yes, it does. Hold on a minute. Why? What does technology you. have to do with? All of a sudden, the fad now is these guys have to sing in these like weird falsetto voices. 
and, and they sound weak, like they're weak yes. and drained of all energy. Yes, and like all the women singers have to sound like they just woke up from a twelve-hour yeah. sleep. Like I sing like this, and oh, but just just think like, about it. It's that's not technology. Like, like, to me, I I absorbed a lot of the culture in the seventies of old Hollywood. There were still so many people that had that vaudeville. There were still performers that had been in vaudeville that were right. stage performers, and they had this razzle dazzle kind of. You, you you absorb I, the culture of yes. like fifty years earlier. So these current yeah. people that are now twenty years old doing a band, they absorb the culture of like the nineties or the eighties or something. Not even like that's why when you go back to those theatrical traditions, there's something about you know going on a stage and performing that and gave someone a certain edge that's gone now. But and I agree with that. And, and the but, reason. Wait, and again, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like I said, the singers today are singing with really weird voices, and there's because a term that's for the, it, because but I forget what the it is. Thirteen uh, and twee. No, it's it, like it was sort of it was like one eighty two, like a vocal twee or one. It's like vocal rest or vocal. some kind of vocal terminology that it's like this weird because I just woke up. But all, it's the character they're portraying as a singer. Yes, That's right. the thing. But everyone's doing it. And it's all being marketed to the pre to the tweens. I know, but it's all they care about. But what does technology have to do with writing a good melody or writing an but, interesting chord progression? But, what, but, but think about it, all the music you love. These these the, every time you sing, it's like being an actor. You're you're playing a character, right? And, and the rock characters were people who were uh, enthusiastic about life, yeah. cocky. They were um, uh, defiant. You know, they were confused, but they're like, right. you know, I'm going to go out and find out what's going on. Why is all these mysteries, all this kind of stuff. Right. And this, this kind of character, like New Wave and even some of the goth stuff and everything. And they're even even like the cure. You know, the guy sounds like he's whining. But listen to, uh, you know, Robert Smith uh, singing and that kind of whiny attitude or even uh, the Smiths or anything. And you, there's a strength there. There's a character they're portraying as someone that's not mm. this, this weak, this weakling Nobody boring piece of I mean, crap. The, they're interesting yes. and, and, and they're substantial people right. and characters. The, the current singing is portraying a character that is that is whining yes. and an asshole and, and just <laughs> absolutely yeah. But that's what they are there though. Is a and that is, that's there who is they a, are and that is that is that is their audience. But the thing is all the singers that, <laughs> that were playing those characters, those characters were not necessarily what they were, but that was their thought of what they should sing about and be. <laughs> it's just this and maybe the people, the younger people, are getting something out of that music, but I, I, I view they're that drunk. They don't. They don't I don't know. know what I, don't, listening to. I, I don't listen. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just gonna. This is off the top of my head. Yeah. But just as an example, I, first of all, I've given you every reason why the music stinks. I know, but you, I don't know what you're at fishing quiet. For. There are some good bands. Let's though, let's no, there is oxygen. Let's but take a. How would I know? But they sound just like a '60s uh, band. That's why they're good. You know what's a good show? It's on. Do you get Palladia? I think HD so. Channel? I, yes, I have no. Idea. That's one of those random channels. I I have Palladia. What is it? It's like MTV's HD. But it's it's actually very good. Is it like like it's live concerts. music? It's like, yeah, it's it's, it's concert like movies. That's kind of cool. They have they have it's the English show. You know, you ever heard of the guy Jules Holland? Yes, yes. They have his show. I know. I, my wife was watching it. His show is awesome. I know. Because you know what he has? He has, well, he'll have like five bands performing. Yeah. One of them will be like a classic rock guy. But then he has like current people who I've never heard of, heard of before. A lot of them are, you know, European bands, so they're better. And so I, I look and I'm like, wow, these, these, these are good. 
What? Why are? Yeah, but they're nowhere no, they're, in the U.S. Bands, in American all, popular All the good current bands, like like this guy at work, turned me on to this band called Savages. You heard of Savages? It's a. I think they're from Britain. It's an all-girl band, but it's sort of like you know Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. So he's like, it's like Susie and the Banshees, but without all the stuff that makes Susie and the Banshees bad. And, okay. Because I never really liked Susie. I like the idea of Susie and the Banshees, but when you listen to it, it's kind of to me. It's, but it's this all-girl band singing like that Susie and the Banshee voice, but it's just much better. But again, it's good because it's completely emulating that old sound. Like to me, Foxygen, right. their new album, uh, We Are the, the 21st Century Ambassadors of Peace and Magic, phenomenal okay. album. It sounds like it could have come from like 1970. There's young people, these guys are like 21 years old. They're, it's good, but it's good because it's com com completely following the formula of past music. By the way, and, by, and that, that itself is worrying. Do you Why know isn't there anything new? You know what's more popular than ever now? Wow. Is garbage country music. Well, even around here, it is very well, popular. That, that music is, That's is not despicable. Country. It is, it's but it, it's, it's, it's just this, pop music. It goes back to my point. I, t I, I, the music I, is horrible. I sent Greg an email. It was like a couple weeks ago. Because, again, at work on this Pandora thing, they said, hey, let's put on current country. Oh, no, no. And I had to send Greg an email because I said they put on current country. It was literally like something from an SNL skit. It's where despicable. It was it was every single over the top joke cliche yeah. about country, but in a like serious. I went down like, to the river and my girl like, said, "Get lost." It's like, like I got drunk and up. had. And even those in all the country songs are all like, electronically produced. It is. It's very. It's it's a shame because the the original country music, the real country music, is is quite good. I think everyone can enjoy a good, a good country song. Absolutely. Um, you know what, here's my yeah. thing. I like West country, Western better. Hold yes. on. I Sons can, of the Pioneers. Charlie I Rich. can go on a, a, a website like Last.fm or Pandora, and I can type in whatever, like 60s, 50s, 90s, 80s, anything. And I have I have discovered so much music that's it's old, but it's new yeah. to me that I've never heard before, and I love it. I'm like, I, I never heard this 90s band. This yeah. is great. I never heard this 60s song. But then when I go to, like, 2000, 2005, 2013, it's like, this stinks. It ju there's just something about the aesthetic that it just stinks. Yeah, and there's a radio station. Uh, but people are just saying, well, it's because yeah. you, hit, you, you, you passed a certain age, and it's no longer exciting. It's not meant for you. It's meant for the new youngsters. I, like, can, I, can, I can see that because this radio station, it's one of the... It, I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were simulcasting a, a current hip underground indie rock music show in the morning, and I couldn't stand it. It was horrible. I think people with new ears that haven't heard all the music that we've heard hear a basic rock beat and some guitars and a bass line and singing. That itself is like really great to a person that hasn't really heard it before. True. So then you start to that's your entire frame of reference. True. You don't know the Beatles. You don't know what's something. You don't know any of this stuff. I and, don't know. And somehow it fills in your mind. Some also so much music. There's it's like oh this sounds like this. This sounds like this because they're always like, it's very stuff, derivative. Right? Yeah. Very I, derivative. I mean I started like in the eighties when I was a kid. I started out with like the Beach Boys and their revival and yeah. Huey Lewis and Weird Al and I still like them. Of course, and I and then I slowly started working backwards, like into the Beatles, and then into like Led Zeppelin, and then ACDC, yeah, and then into the Clash, and into the band, and all over the place, and and I like all of it, 
And even though as a teenager, you would people would look at me and say, "Oh, isn't your favorite music grunge?" Or I hate that music now. I can't even listen to anything from the '90s. But like, I was a big Metallica fan. I can't listen no, to them. Listen, I they stink. I, I'm the same way. I grew up. My parents listened to a lot of '50s, '60s, '70s music. The only '80s songs that I knew that were happening in real time were like, of course, the inescapable hits like Michael Jackson, Madonna. Yeah. But as an adult now, my 20s and 30s, going back and discovering all these like punk and new wave bands, it's like, There's such a I didn't program. grow up with it, but my I'm like, oh my God, this is so fascinating. I, didn't I get love into, this. I didn't get into the Beatles until I was in my early 20s. And I, all these songs I was listening, finally got the albums. I'm like, oh, I know this song. I know this song. I, I entered this Beatlemania just by myself. Right. You know, And I really was not into it when I was growing up. In the 70s, right. I was not into rock music at all. Uh, I was more into classical music. I was a weird kid. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a mind Did you enjoy experience. Paul McCartney's classical music? Uh, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> but, but so my point yeah. is, it's not just, well, you like what you grew up with. And I no, said, no, I'm discovering so much old music that I never grew Absolutely. up with that I love. Absolutely. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I want to get more. And, 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 and the it whole was a point... Different, different, I'm, I say it's a I know. different business. I know. Then. It was a different business. And the point that, well, if you're an adult, the, the young music is supposed to annoy you. That's the purpose of pop music, right? It's like, that it's was, supposed yeah. to rebel against... It's never really the purpose It's supposed to it. rebel against the adults, and it's supposed to be... And yeah. I get that. Yeah. But how come I can go back, like I said, all the way to the 20s... And find stuff that is really well performed and well composed, interesting. Well, stuff that was never ever meant for my generation. As I said, it's the the dance music, the the garbage country music, the Justin Bieber nonsense, all that kind of crap. That is the new pop because it is and it's and it's made. It's it for two reasons. Number one, they're quote you know they're good looking young people, whatever. That's one of the reasons that they they manufacture them that way. But then the other reason is it's it's to the point where like all the people, this is like they oh this all right pop music. So the people that are into pop music, they listen to that nonsense. The people who are who even young people who wouldn't be into that are listening to this other stuff that we may look at. Oh, this stinks. They like it, whatever. But even I see it all the time on YouTube. You see in comments. Uh, younger and younger people who who comment on you know classic rock and and punk music and and new wave and all that kind of stuff and they enjoy that stuff because they begin to like get immersed in it and the but and again well my prop but my point is if you're a band who's doing something independent in that sense like back in the old days you have no avenue you can't go anywhere you're not like the Eagles where you just burst onto the scene and everybody buys the record it, that can't happen anymore so there's so, no exposure so given the direction that the industry has taken could there ever again be another no another no population changing like yes. group experience like altering no. Elvis I have, I have or been, Michael Jackson I have been living in and dwelling in another world of music for a couple years now which is this underground Creative Commons music scene. Mm. And I have to tell you, I have discovered hundreds and hundreds of songs. A lot of them are newly made within the past couple of years, every kind of genre, and I am finding such incredible music. These are artists that are just no nobodies. Most of them are from Europe or from Russia or something. 
creating it's not just derivative music there's new stuff there's electronic there's well every there's there's rock there's countries every genre and i'm telling you i love this new set of music i'm i'm discovering and continue to discover i think this is the new world of music well people would argue that that places like russia where it's very oppressive that that's where you're going to get a lot of that um, you know, opposition type of music that we had in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, true. Because there's no oh, reason yeah, to so do that's it the other here. Thing, right. What so, are you going to be oppressed against? So in Google? the 30s, you had, of course, the Depression, and yeah. in the 40s, wars, and the 20s, war. 60s, of course, all, like, civil rights, the social revolution, 70s. Um, and, uh, and then now it's like, well, what? Like, what? Well, like what, what, Wall Street, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, unfortunately, that fizzled out, but... But I'm just saying, like, that's... Things are still pretty bad in terms of oppression. But rock but music it's, isn't rebelling it's, it's against not, anything it's, anymore. Yeah, it's not really producing good music. There's there's oppression without good music. This is, this is the worst-case scenario. Right? That's true. <laughs> well, people uh, don't just, feel I like they're that, oppressed, even though they are oppressed. In well, sense. it's hard to feel oppressed when you have, you know, yeah. PlayStation and, you true. know... Especially PlayStation. It's, <laughs> I just... I find it very... I feel oppressed somewhat, but... <sighs> You know. Well, the other thing is that everything's over the top. I express my outrage on my show. And, yeah, but, as, but, as, as, as a music thing, lover but the and a problem musician, is that I kind just of find stuff, it very depressing. It, it, that. it does exist, but the problem is it's all over the top. It's like, you know, uh, white supremacist music. Yeah. Or <laughs> rap. No, I'm serious. Or rap. Or, or even the heavy metal. Everything is so extreme that yeah. you listen to them like... What what is this? Yeah, the, the whole Cookie Monster voice thing that came up within the past <laughs> ten or twenty years. Hate that it. I don't understand. The death metal. Blah, 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 well, I like I, I like this band, Electric Wizard. It's okay, actually, okay, okay. Uh, I think like Dope Throne is a great album, and then also um, I forget the other one is. It's really good. It's not like that Cookie Monster voice. It's like it's sort of taking like um, Black Sabbath and just going darker and deeper with it, with all analog equipment, and uh, you know, uh, the Satanic Rites of Drugula is a good <laughs> song. Um, you might want to check out. But it's derivative. That's the whole thing. It's like it's like very it's derivative. derivative right. yeah. But it's derivative. that's all the. There's a lot of good new music. Like Wolf People is another band from a few years ago that I really like. It sounds like traffic. You know, it's like right. these all of the good new stuff to me. It's they're really. But it's not like they're copying. They've no. p- they've picked up the style of the '60s or '70s and they're doing something with it. Also, I want to say you know like Bruno Mars has a few songs that are better than I the songs like have him. been. Very and good singer. It is like when I first that was that song. Um, was it Locked Out of Heaven? I'm like, it sounds a lot like The Police. Then he was on an award show, and Sting joins him on. Ah. So it's like, yeah. But, but he covers hey. The Police. Well, and that song sounds like it has that that reggae vibe. Yeah. But it's good. I don't care if it's derivative. Like, it's actually kind of a better song, you know? Right. So, like, I have to say, there are trends, there are artists like that that are a little better. Yeah, but the problem the is that guy, is, he's not, he is the exception. It, he is, but like, then that, what, what, what's that? What, what's that horrible folk band that supposedly? Mumford and Sons. Yeah, oh, that's, God, the, that's a horrible. That's horrible. Oh, I hate you them. know, like that. That's that weak, weird direction. Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the Lumineers. Yes, horrible. But but I'm saying like, because I, I watch play. the music. I watch American Idol. I watch X Factor. Coldplay's better than Mumford and Sons. So I, I hear these. That, that's where I hear this stuff. I hear this stuff on these shows. So I'm sort. I want to stay in touch with it. And there's occasionally, and I would say. Some of Lady Gaga's songs are good. The new song is not good. The new song is horrible. She's a wreck. I mean, I, I thought Born This Way was... Uh, well, it was a Madonna ripoff. Well, I'm saying... I know. But I'm saying of... That was a few years ago. But of this new style of music, some of her... Of, like, three or four of her songs are more catchy with an 80s kind of a style. The new song is not good. The, the applause song horrible. I'll give you an example. One of the things I do a lot on YouTube is I look for... Like, if I know... 
a classic rock song particularly, or even like something from the 80s, 90s that I like, if, I, if I'm just curious, I'll go and look for covers on YouTube. See how people, like, yeah. they're playing it in a, in a, a bar or just out in, in front of the microphone, whatever. And I find some amazing bands or singers all over the place. Mike Massey. Mike Mike Massey, we we talk about, and you know he was in Boston again the other day, oh, really? <laughs> playing with those those old, old Boston guys. Yeah. Um, but just as an example, so I don't know what the hell song was it? Um, it was one of those pop songs. Um, I want ah God, I can't remember the girl's name, but she's like an she's one of those like Nickelodeon actresses turned singer. Um, yeah, I can't those, remember her name. Um, oh, it was the thing where it's like. Uh, Love is like a hurricane. It's I think this was the song is called Hurricane. Whatever. Uh, anyway. Kinda, anyway. Kinda, it's kinda. a very poppy song. Whatever. It's okay. It's not terrible, you know, in the pop sense. But anyway, but it's I all. Think I know who you're talking yeah, about. but it's all the the actual release is all very manufactured kind of dance music kind of whatever. Yeah. So I was just floating around. I found this this girl. I don't know how old she was. Eighteen, nineteen, something or other, somewhere in the United States. And she has a YouTube channel where she sings and does some other things here and there. So this girl does an acoustic version of this song. And I was like, holy sh- moly, that is, an, that is a great so this is a great song. If this girl did this song, it would be like a huge hit. Yeah, I, a lot of it is just horrible production. Like I said, it's the aesthetic. It's yeah. the only it's the thing, songwriting, but it's, it's also the all aesthetic. that they will allow. There was one moment on, I was listening to music on the bus, and I started realizing how much just the drum sound in recorded music makes it a good or a bad song. Oh, there's, yeah. It's like it's so you, you don't even think of it, but there's such mm-hmm. subtle things about songs like that just, just make a song good or bad. Yeah. And the uh, you know another thing is that no one really understands how it is that these sound waves are producing this experience of sound in our heads or of music. And all the electronic equipment that they that was really fresh in all of the 20th century, where they were compressing things and this and, is my, and again goes back things, to my right? point. The early days of using that, it was just like why it was kind of random. Like I want to use this electronic yeah. circuit to make something sound louder. It sounded well, that was like the whole totally amazing. That was the whole purpose. It was of incredible. <laughs> like not to mention what they were. But I'm saying like but, but I'm saying like this these electronics were new and. If you look at like the music catalogs and stuff, all yeah. of the music production techniques, everything is emulating the old systems that were compressors and preamps and everything right. that no one even knew how they worked. <laughs> it just, it just, they just were good. And those, and it, so in those early days, it wasn't all fine tuned. It was just like, here's a new preamp and here's a new right. compressor, here's a new limiter, and it sounded incredible. You know, so I don't know if that. The, if the songwriting reflected that, you started hearing the way it sounded. I think you're right. There is something about the technology, and now it's all these digital recreations of analog gear, virtual music. It's yeah. it's all again. It's just it's the business. That's what it comes down to. They've moved the business into this. It's well, mind, it's mind control. control. Music is Scum. over. I, there will be serious. a revival of Creative Commons music. You'll see. And if you if you've man, made it, mainstream music is over. Yeah, and is. and indie music. You got to go. What, what's underneath indie? <laughs> Creative <know>. Commons. <laughs> Creative Co- Co- cover music. Like I'm. Li- I watch on YouTube. It's yeah, over, covers. Man. It's over. I'm serious. It's like. But I'm serious. That's what I'm down to now. Like if I if I if I think to myself, you know what? I like this Pink Floyd song, and obviously, I mean, I'm, how many times am I going to listen to the, the Pink Floyd singing yeah. the same song? 
Then I'll go and look for a cover version. Like, oh, this is an interesting version, yeah. and it's kind of new. But the thing is, go back to the 70s, like the mid to late 70s, and if you look at the charts, like on Rolling Stone, I still I still read that, like on, uh, you'll look at the top charts, and it's yeah. mostly this, like, junk. That's what punk was rebelling against. So we're in that, right. we're still, we're in, like, that phase of, like, the 70s when the pop music was really kind of horrible. It wasn't and then, that bad. No, but, no, but you, you remember it that way, but look at the charts. Look at, in like, 76, 77, 78. Well, it, look at, yeah, look at, look, disco look, at, yes. look at the billboard chart. It's not garbage. the stuff. It's not Led Zeppelin. It's not the stuff no, you're remembering. No, 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 no. But this it's, is it's my like, point. It's like, like Captain Tennille. Yes. Let, let's face and it. worse. Here, here's the thing. Cat, listen, today's <laughs> mainstream music makes Captain Tennille seem like Michelangelo. Seals and Crawl. I'm sure Captain and Tennille have a secret song. I'm talking about, like, not Muskrat Love, but, like, you know, on the next album. What was that, you know? But my point is, but my point is, back then, Led Zeppelin, who never really sold a lot of albums, yeah, they never did. Back then, they would still, they were still almost like an underground hit for a long time. But, but back then, they could do something. Now, a quote unquote twenty first century Led Zeppelin can't happen because they have no access. Yeah, that's the difference. Back in the day, the, they would play the music. The people would call up the radio show. I love this. Play it again. Play it again. That's how it would grow. Now you don't have it's all nothing. Uh, it's all pre-generated uh, a- a- algorithmic playlists. But check out something I put together. Uh, well, I have my 500 song trip where I put oh I found God. 500 Creative Commons songs. It's just Google 500 song trip. But if you want something a little easier, I just posted something called uh, "Music for Night Driving in VR," which is one <laughs> album's worth of music I discovered this year. That's Creative Commons music. Listen to that album and see what kind of music is out there in this underground. I love this music. I really do. I love it more than as much as any other music in my life. Because I literally, recently I downloaded like 400 songs and I went through it, every listened to every single song, rated them, and I finally got down to 36 songs out of that 400 that are pretty good. And probably out of that, there'll be like a dozen that I'm going to love. I've been doing that. I've been doing that work. So check out Music for Night Driving in VR. Completely free. It's 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 on, uh, you know, onsub.com, the Overnight Sleep Underground. But you'll see, it's. I'm excited about this music. It's from all over the world, all these different people. But it's music that I. It's current music that I'm excited about, and it's nothing you've ever heard. But and there's one song. If I can point to one song, sure. By this guy named Hoo-Ha. And the Hoo-ha! song. The song well, is called. The song is called Khaki. It is an '80s style song, but Khaki K H K H A K I. He's Hoo-Ha. W H O space H A. It's on Free Music Archive. It's a Creative Commons song. I, it, um, unbelievable song. So great. Freemusicarchive.org. Okay. Look at Khaki by Hoo-Ha. Maybe you can even play a little bit of it on that. <laughs> I know you don't want to do a lot of it. I don't you, want to make no, you edit in. No, no, if no, any no, listener no. makes it to the end of this And it's a song sure. about pants. Okay. Yeah. Good. I know. There's not that many. <laughs> this is a record episode. Yes. Record breaking. This will be all okay. one episode? Like, of course. Yeah, well, how the hell am I going to say Two and a half hours, that'll be a short show for me. Oh, but this... <laughs> That's on the short side. Come on. All right, you can do part. It could be a trilogy. All right. Well, thank... <laughs> All right, well, wrap it up. Come on. All right. Thank you. Th- thank you for having me on. I always enjoy being on the Punch TV. Yeah. You've made up for the fact you haven't been on in like five years. I was on a few years ago. Ridiculous. Actually, it has been five years. Can you I, believe that? I, I, I drove here. It's only like a five minute drive. Isn't <laughs> it's time... so close. Listen. <laughs> this will be the last thing I say, yeah, and then, we'll, and then right. we're done. All right. Isn't time? I have I've been finding that time is very 
a strange concept because I'll think about something and be like, oh yeah, I remember when I bought that Nirvana album that was like, what was that, a few years, like like seven years ago or whatever, I'm like, oh my God, that was 21 <laughs> yes. years ago? Yes. What? Yes. That doesn't feel like 21 it years doesn't. ago. I... But then something that was like, God, what was that, 30 years ago? No, that was only 17 years ago. Oh, it's like, is it, time is so... Well, strange, I right? It is. For a while, I was doing the like, hey, you remember when this happened 20 years ago? And then eventually got to the point where I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> we're all old. Time is... Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye.